Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Creative Curious Podcast. And I'm on the screen now. Okay, good to meet you guys. If you haven't watched this show before, on this show, we explore life through conversations, ideas, and stories. And we try to piece together little attributes to help us learn how to live our lives glorifying God every day. So, if we don't transition any of these ideas and concepts into like little pieces of wisdom to walk everyday life, then we're kind of missing the point. This needs to bring us closer to knowing the person of Jesus and closer to loving him and honoring him and glorifying him. And, and on our last episode, we talked about glorifying specifically and how glorifying is glory, like God taking the glory, we giving the glory to God is actually a mercy of God. Because he knows that he's the only one worthy of this glory. And so when we take the glory for ourselves, we actually, like, glory imposed on something not worthy of glory always leads that thing that the glory is placed on to be destroyed and destruction. And so we cannot handle the glory. So giving the glory away is the only way to receive true peace, which is awesome. And that's what the show is all about. And so today on the show, we're talking about old dead guys. We were talking about old dead guys, and and you may be wondering if you're not a part of our community, <laughs> what the he- what are you talking about? Old dead guys? What? Old dead guys? Like what the heck? Today, my guest <laughs> is the one and only Daniel Owen. It's me, the one and only <laughs> Daniel Owen. Um, Daniel is a full time missionary with Chi Alpha Ministries. Uh, you. Love reading and learning and understanding more of God's nature through books. It's true. And every time I see you, I want to give you a hug. Like, Daniel is the type of person where you he just radiates the love of God and the Holy Spirit, and I just feel comfortable around him. So, welcome on the show today. Thanks for having me, Bailey. Dude, so tell me about old dead guys, and more specifically, old dead guy books, right? Because we're not yeah. actually hanging out with old dead guys. This that'd is be not weird. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be like necrophilia. That'd be really weird. But basically, like part of our conviction is in our ministry is to is to not read from like a lot of living dudes because like these old dead guys, like they fell in love with God during their life mm. and they finished the race well. Like they finished strong. And they love the Lord till the very end of their life and wrote books until the very end. And they've, a lot of them have like literally changed the world. Like they're renowned preachers of all different denominations and they're, they're some of my heroes. They're awesome. Dude, so before we get into the meat of the books that we have set out, I'm so excited about this, by yeah. the way. Tell me your story and how you kind of found this love for like, books that's a great question because i i suck at reading (laughs) like naturally i'm very bad at reading and so i got saved in 2016 okay in the fall and i didn't really start reading books until fall 2018 so it took me like two whole years like i'd have a couple books like this one youth of flame i got like i don't even know when but this is one of the first books i got and 
It wasn't until 2018 because my good friend Jonathan Bryce, I don't know if any, if y'all know who Jonathan Bryce is, he's crazy. He literally makes you do anything. And he like, what he does is he'll like challenge you to do these things. Yeah. And then he never talks about it ever again. Mm. And he does it literally all the time because he knows like the people that are really hungry and they really want like God to like move in their life. Like they're going to do it. They're going to listen. But the people who are like, you know, some people like need, you know, normal people need to get checked on. You know, they're like, oh, did you do this challenge? Like, did you do it? Jonathan doesn't do that. He just like (laughs) lets you like he like throws it out there and he's like real people will do it. Like the ones that really want to follow God will do it. And so he challenged us to buy this list and I sent it to Bailey and we'll put it in the description or something. Yeah. But it's this list of 33 books of all these different authors. And the list was actually made by one of our good friends, Sam Eisenhower, who he was a missionary at UTSA. He's a missionary now at A&M. And he made the list. And I didn't know that at the time, but I just saw the list and I was like, okay, I need to buy every book on this list before the semester ends. Mm. That was my goal. Right. And I already had a couple, but I was like, okay, there were some books on that list. I remember so vividly. I was like, I have to buy this book. And like, there were some I like knew I wanted to read like instantly. Like I know. So one of the books was Mounds in the Mist by F.W. Borum. Mm. I knew that was one I had to read. And that was one of the first books I read. And I just remember I just remember reading and I like that was like one of the books that like really started my love for it. But then I think it was really like the pursuit there was another book called Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, who he's a more like known author, but he I read the first chapter of that book and got so convicted because I was like, I need to be pursuing God like this. Mm. And I wish I brought that book. I did not bring that book. I told you you could have went back and got but it. But no <laughs> You live like three minutes from I here. do. I live three <laughs> minutes away from Bailey. But I have so many books. And I can talk about the books I don't bring, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I read that first chapter, and I was like, I want to be pursuing God this way, mm-hmm. like in an intimate, like way, like a longing, kind of like, dude, it's just the best. <laughs> so, so describe that a little bit. Like, what about that? The way that 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 author um, was pursuing God, like, just really just captured you don't remember that's the thing i don't remember (laughs) specifics but okay let's let's jump ships okay so mounds in the mist that book i know i can talk about that one okay because what borum does that he like taught me that like started that love was like so what if you don't know who fw borum is okay the man is a legend Mm. he is a legend like he so billy graham everyone knows who billy graham is new zealand yeah, so Borum was this pastor from England. Mm-hmm. He's a Baptist pastor from England. And he came over to New Zealand and Australia to be a pastor mm-hmm. in uh, Melbourne. And he like, he was just a normal pastor, right? But he started writing these books, and like they just blew up. Like People loved him in Australia, New Zealand, and all over the world. And so people, it blew up, and even Billy Graham knew about him. And, like, whenever Billy Graham toured in Australia, he, like, one of his stops, he made sure was to stop with that Billy Borum mm. and, like, talk to him. And really what Borum does is he just writes down his thoughts. Like, he has these thoughts about God, like, just yeah. looking at nature of the world. And he's able to just, like, 
write almost like these essays, but like a lot of there's they're very poetic and very like mm. they're just beautiful. They're incredible. Yeah. You what, what I think so fascinating about this topic specifically, like uh, reading about these these people that we that we respect and that we that have like changed many people's lives, mm-hmm. but are not here anymore and actually like lived a, a long time ago in different places on earth. And I think it's fascinating that this person was writing this book and released this book with no inclination that we would be on a podcast right now talking about it. They didn't even know what a podcast was. It's true. It's true. You know? Like. So it's cool that we get to like spread that knowledge further. And I think it really inspires me in such a way. Like, first, I want to like read from these people. Like, I, I, I mean, I've been reading a ton. But and receive that that wisdom and knowledge and and uh, like not take them for entirety of their belief system but take the 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 wisdom in in pieces you know be yeah. mindful and be led by the spirit for for each part of it but a lot of what they say is good but more than that it inspires me to think okay like how far is is this conversation going to go in the span of of a lifetime right oh, or, yeah, yeah. or multiple lifetimes right like a 100 years from now are people going to find this in an archive? They're like, oh, remember those old things called podcasts? Like, Dude, we, yeah, you know. And they're gonna pull it up and be like, and find all this wisdom from it. I mean, I know, dude. Yeah, we could talk about podcasts too. I've yeah. been listening to this podcast. Well, it's not a podcast. It's like a sermon. It's called Twenty One CR by Wiki Prattney, mm. and it's the same thing. It's like just these audio recordings. They recorded like I don't even know, fifteen years ago. Mm. And like, but they're still there. Like somebody archived them and there's so much wisdom in them. That's the cool thing about like obedience to God. It has a compounding effect. Yeah. Because like these books that we're about to discuss in detail have a compound effect by, you know, the podcast. Not saying like this is going to spread it a whole ton, but like maybe it will. Right. But it's people that have received life from this and saying, okay, now we're going to add this extra layer. So you go through this podcast medium, which is audio and video, and then you find these text bases. Then you can read these text bases, and then you'll find other books and people that they inspired them. Like Ravi yes. Zacharias was um, was uh, was inspired by Prattney, yes. you know, and, and different things like that. So, and, so yeah. you were talking about, just like keep us on track, you were Although, talking, about, talking this about the list. list? Yes. Okay, yes, I was going to go back to <laughs> So I, I remember Jonathan talking about, he was talking about building a library of books, like not the Bible, other books by godly men. And I remember he like that's why he gave the challenge mm. was to like start us building our library. So we had a basis of authors and books to look for. Mm. And I remember he said this and I'll never forget him saying it, but he was like building your library is the the most important thing in your walk with God besides getting saved. And I remember hearing it and I was like, did Jonathan mm. just say like did he just say like something wrong? Like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way that is true. I'm like there. I was like leading a small group, discipling people is right. better. All this stuff. I was like, all this stuff has to be better. And then I talked to one of my good friends, Colby Cates. Mm. And he's just like, well, he's like, there's gonna be books and knowledge in heaven. And basically like reaffirmed Jonathan. And I was like, well, Colby said it and Jonathan said it. It's probably true. Mm. And so I just started doing it and it literally changed my life. Like, in what way? Like, I started, like, okay, because I started buying the books, and what happens when you buy books 
is eventually you read them because mm, you invested your own money into it yeah and and if you read them it literally changes your life like once god speaks to you in one book it like yeah you're you're in you're literally in and you're <laughs> like i have to get more like well, i know i can get more and i i want to get more well especially like that's what i love about the ministry that we find ourselves in because we didn't place ourselves here it's like we just popped up you know it's like we don't know like, like we were we don't know why we were born to the parents we were born in or whatever uh but the the culture behind this like self uh not not self but the culture as a community to encourage each other to take ownership of your own faith own walk and own understanding of the hope that you have inside it's literally like listening to paul like yeah wow we're actually gonna listen to paul in the bible you know it's really cool and then like having pastors that like give you books yeah like they give a sacrifice right that was i don't know i don't know if you talked about this earlier but that's one thing eli did this eli is our pastor at mountain valley and chi alpha and he like gave this challenge a modern day renaissance man let's he be literally gave this challenge <laughs> to Basically, these people, like, people have treasures in our life. Like, wherever your, what is it? Well, I don't remember the quotes. Like, wherever your heart is, there your treasure is also. Yes. No, and no, There, wh- where your treasure is, your heart is also. Their heart is also, yeah. yes. And so people in the world have all these treasures. Like, I know before I got saved, even, like, it took me a long time to put this treasure down, but, like, video games was yeah. a huge treasure. Like, I've spent countless hours, countless. I've literally spent months of my life. What would it be like? Literal to know? months of my life playing dumb video games and like so much money. What would it be like to know video game Owen? Or I mean, uh, Daniel. Yeah, Owen. You would be like, this guy is a loser. He doesn't talk to people. Like, he's a loser, dude. Like, I was. It's true. But because I liked it because it's like it filled my head, like with these, what I thought were like complex thoughts, like mm, all these like strategy. Like, strategy, getting people's heads. But it's like, but the like thinking about God like does the exact same thing, but way, 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 way mm. better. It's like, lasting. It's, eter- it's lasting. It's eternal, and you can learn forever. Like, like video games, like strategy games, will give you this illusion mm. that you can think about them forever and like all these different strategies. When in reality, it's like ve- there is a finite limit. Mm. Like eventually, the game is gonna fade, and like you're you're gonna have nothing. Yeah. And I wait. Like that was my treasure before. That's what a lot of people's treasure is now. And that was one of our good friends, like his treasure was video games and like these collectible dolls. Mm. And so Eli challenged him. He was like, like, you can't be a pastor and have this treasure. Like, what does that say where you're actually like, you're trying to lead these people to Jesus as their treasure mm. when your heart isn't in it. And so he challenged him. He gave him a, a really nice Bible, like a very fancy Bible. It's a revival study Bible that uh, our friend Winky Pratney like, compiled. Yeah, he gave him, and they gave him two godly books, mm-hmm. one by F. W. Borm and one by I think somebody else. To get rid of to get rid stuff. of all his video games, all his other treasures, and so Eli took that back from from that pastor, and he did it at our Chi Alpha, mm-hmm. and there were people offering crazy stuff, like their Jeep, like their cars. <laughs> people offered cars, they offered their jobs, they offered everything because they were because the treasures in the Bible and the mm-hmm. treasures in these books is so valuable. It's literally worth everything you have. Well, it seems like the only reason you do something like that is there's either two possibilities. You're you're crazy. Yeah. You're just crazy. <laughs> or 
you you've had a real encounter with real reality exactly like there has to be something that pushes you to realize that mm. which that's what happened to these people wow what was i gonna say are you talking uh, about your video games i don't even remember no <laughs> oh yeah the you guys i don't hope you i hope you guys know but the verse in uh I think it's Matthew 13, right? Where it talks about the man who goes and he finds treasure in the field. Yes. And he sells all he has for it. Like that is literally, like once you find out that there's treasure Mm. like that in these books, it. So, yeah, let's break down that thought a little bit. This idea (laughs) that's described, this is a parable, right? Yeah, it's a parable. Uh, I want to make sure it's in Matthew 13. Let's find it. Why not? But, but. The idea is like this guy goes into the field and or he he figures out that there's buried treasure in this field that is worth way more than all of his stuff combined. Yeah. And so he sells all of his stuff. Everybody thinks he's foolish for doing this, buys this field, and then he has access to this and ownership of this treasure. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's Matthew 13. I think it starts in. uh, Go ahead and read it for us. Okay, this is in King James, so <laughs> just bear with me. I have the New Living. So again, <laughs> again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the treasure, unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hides, he hides it, and for joy thereof go and sell all he has, and buys that field. Mm. And then he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. It's mm. like so, and that's really what it is. It's like these books, dude. People like you don't want to spend a ton of money because you're like, dang, dude, I'm broke, or I these yeah. are just books. Like, like I need food on my plate, <laughs> you know. But, but people like I remember when I was buying that list of books, the like the one of the last things I cared about was the price. Mm. Like I remember specifically, so this book, yeah. This is one of my favorite books of all time. Mm. And I thought, I, dude, if one of my friends, I, she, <laughs> I left it at their house yesterday because we were watching Lord of the Rings. And yeah. she literally, like, they, like, teased me with it. And I was like, no. And she was like, what's it worth to you? And I'm like, this book is worth a lot. Because this book, this book, one, changed my life. And I remember looking on that list. It's called The Great Physician by G. Campbell Morgan, by the way. But I remember looking on that list and seeing that title. And, like, it was totally the Lord. I was just like, I want that book. Mm-hmm. I know that book is going to be incredible. Fire. Because I was like, it sounds, it's a, such a cool title, right? Yeah. The Great Physician. Like, you think it's going to be all about, like, what do you think about, what do you think it's going to be about? I, I would, like, my first thought is that it's about, like, the healing power of God. Yeah, Or, like, right? as, like, a doctor, you that's know? That's how, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's not about that at all. <laughs> It's like, what the heck, G. Campbell Morgan? Yeah. But yeah. So what is it about? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. Okay. It's a it's a study that G. Campbell Morgan did looking at every encounter Jesus had with individual people in the Bible. Hmm. And so, like, that's literally the title. And it you is. can bring down your mic a little bit if you want. Oh, I can? Yeah. Oh, praise, praise the Lord. Is this... Is this good? I can't read with no, that. Now it's falling. Now it's falling. Fulcrum. This is so <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Man. Okay, 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 okay. There you go. But yeah, so I don't know. You can't see the title. But it's called The Great Physician, The Method of Jesus with Individuals. Mm. And so he literally, it's 50 chapters of pure gold. Mm. 
literally 50 <laughs> chapters of pure gold, dude. And he just goes through all these individual counters. Like, he the first chapter is the physician himself. The second is John the Baptist. Mm. So when Jesus gets baptized, then it's Andrew, John, Peter, Philip, Nathaniel, Mary, Nicodemus, like all these people. Like, even people he healed, like the woman with the issue of the blood. And I think, and even like other people too, like the... Dude, one of my favorite chapters in this book, I remember, or one of the most interesting, like, interactions that Jesus has is his interaction, I think, okay, there's a lot of interesting, all the interactions of Jesus are interesting, but Herod, particularly, Mm. like, especially the way Jesus deals with Herod versus the way Jesus deals with Pilate, Mm. because, like, Jesus, you know, normally Jesus is very friendly, he's compassionate and loving, and he, like, speaks. He, like, talks. Herod is the only person that when he has an interaction with, Jesus says absolutely nothing. Wow. And it says a lot about Herod's character, right? Like Jesus said, like, don't cast your pearls before swine. And that's literally what Herod was. Like, right. Herod was this man who, so the Herod, I actually did a study on this a while ago. But, so there's different Herods, right? And so the Herod, at the very beginning of Jesus' life, the one that's trying to kill him, is not the same Herod at the end of his life, the one that is at the crucifixion, that he's silent to. It's a different Herod. But it says, I literally read this yesterday, which is perfect, but it says like that Jesus, that Herod knew who Jesus was. He knew who Jesus was, and he probably knew partly from his family, mm. like his grandpa or his dad. Like They told him, like there is this king of the Jews that is told to come. Like These magi came to me, and they told me, they went and saw him, and we tried to get rid of him, but we never did. And he's like, you have to be on the lookout for this man. Mm. And then Herod gets this word that there is the king of the Jews about to, like, on trial. And so he wants to meet him. But Jesus is just smart, and he knows that. And so he's absolutely silent to this man. And I think it's, I think it's one of the most interesting interactions. But that's just one. Yeah. Dude. And then well, wait, before we <laughs> – We could literally talk about this book we're, we're, the whole we're podcast. On, we're on <laughs> – I'm sure we could. Uh, well, we can't. <laughs> no, no. Before we get too far, I want to talk about the, the Matthew 13. Oh, yeah, yeah that thing. No, because like, and you're describing what, like, you're you're literally giving an example of a piece of what you're saying. So yes. So through these books, you are kind of discovering, or you being, what's being revealed to you is discoveries from men of God that have thought deeply and meditated and prayed over these subjects and have been kind of anointed in some way or have a lot of favor to be able to write a book that has reached so many people. And so in terms of the treasure in the field, (coughs) you so essentially you're discovering realities about the nature of God and, and life in general. And then once you see those, it's so easy to spend your money on more of them. Yes. Because you're like, dang, there's something that is so beyond the value of my entire yes. life or any amount of money or yes. items that I have that is found within these words. Yes. And like, I think it's important to point out real quick that we're not saying this is a replacement to the Bible. Exactly. We're not at all saying that the Bible is, of Wait, course, what? the foundation. <laughs> That we're building off of. So we establish yes. our foundation in the Bible, and then we get to build up from that. Yes. Yeah. But, yes. 
and that's that's good, Caleb. That's the dude. I was. I'm so glad you said that, Caleb, because <laughs> it's something you need to talk about. Because people will literally tell us like, "Why are you reading these books? Like the Bible is the only book you need," mm. which is true, but but literally these books have shaped the way I read the Bible, right? Like they've changed the way I look at the Bible, and they they've changed the way I look at the stories in the Bible. And now Daniel's Calvary. No, it's just <laughs> it's it's incredible, <laughs> dude. Like G. Campbell Morgan, like you were talking about an anointing or a gift, and that's literally. One of G. Campbell's gifts is mm. he loves scripture. He loves the Bible. Like he would literally sit down and he'd read a verse or a passage like or a chapter in the Bible like 50 times over before he even begins to like fathom studying it. He would just read it, read it, read it and like think of all the different perspectives. Right. Like what does the scene look like from Jesus's perspective? What does the scene look like from somebody else's perspective? And he would just like meditate on it and he's able to pull these these things that are not in the words in the page mm. oh, I can't that you may not be able to see. So that you, that you may not be that normal people want to be there, able to there see. There are yeah. teachers like there's places for a teacher. Like there's, you know, like Caleb and I both have, uh, you know, uh, a vi- real testimony with this of having specific teachers in our lives that we would not have seen what was there without them. For sure. And so it's not saying you couldn't get there on your own. Yeah. But there's a real place for <coughs> real Christians discipling and teaching other yes. c- younger believers or like less experienced or wise believers. And so in a way, these old dead guys like you. OK. Yes. <laughs> I <laughs> Well, without the disciples building up on what Jesus said and without Jesus building up on what the prophet said, we wouldn't have the New Testament. Yeah, That's true. Yes, yes, that's that's very true. That's very true, and uh, yeah. So, so you describe the reading these books, yes, as hanging out with these guys, yes. and partly is because that's what people that discipled me like. That's what I've been told. Mm. But it's the more you read, the more you realize, wow, this is true. Mm. Like you literally are hanging out with this person. Like you're because in a book, you're able to read more of the thoughts of the person. Right. Like even right now, like I'm talking and Bailey's talking, right? And Caleb's talking too. But we're like we're not reading all everyone's like entire thoughts. Right. But that's what the book is. It's literally like these people's entire thoughts about certain subjects and, and you're able to thought through thoughts. And thought through must like they're they're not just like off the cuff words. They're intentionally thought about, meditated on and prayed on, you know? Mm. And so you're able you literally are like sitting down just like we are right now talking to this person and hearing their thoughts on whatever subject you're reading. And one of the things, dude, I remember cuz there are definitely authors like the ones that have marked me since the beginning are like they hold a special place in my heart, you know, like mm. like Morgan, G. Campbell Morgan, F.W. Borum, Winky Pratney, uh even and Francis Schaeffer. Like these are people that I I've hung out with for a long <laughs> time, dude. Like I've read multiple books, and they're like, yeah. I always sometimes I would feel bad. I'm like, why do I always go back to G. Campbell Morgan? Why do I always <laughs> like read these guys? Like I have so many people on my shelf. I've never so many books that I've never cracked open. So many books I've never finished, and I'm like, oh, I need to read these other books. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I long to, but. There is a beauty in hanging out with, like, this person you spent so much yeah. time with. Well, that's one of my first memories of you is just, like, walking in this sweet Eugene's, not knowing you too well. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you're just reading there. I'm like, hey, can I, like, sit with you? 
and I, then I was just like started asking you questions. You were reaching, reading Nature and Character yes, this of God right by Winky Prattney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, which like why am I? Yeah, look this? at it. Look at look at the books. Yeah, this Please. is this is great. Um, I I want ever since I saw you reading it, I wanted it because you were describing it. I was like, oh, I love that kind of. And this book, ideas. I literally have only read the first chapter and maybe half of the mm. second. But was it at the coffee shop? Yeah, it was literally. <laughs> I think I was finishing the first chapter at the coffee shop because okay, yeah. the first chapter of this book is literally like, is so trippy, dude. It'll like. I think my grandfather has that book too. Oh, dude, snag it. The first chapter <laughs> of this book will blow your mind, dude. I literally wrote like I write notes in my yeah. books. Here, I think I can show y'all. I don't know if you see this at all, but that's okay. Yeah. But literally, one of my notes is just the word trippy, <laughs> because it's so trippy. But like, I'm waiting to read this book because we're gonna read it next. Because uh, it's literally semester. talking about the the nature, like in that oh, part. Oh yeah. It's talking about the nature of so God. What is it? Do you want to quote something? The first. So the first chapter. Here, let me move the mic. Yeah. So the first chapter is all about. I believe God. Oh yeah, God is uncreated. Mm. And so he gives all these scriptures. Oh, my gosh, dude, the mic, the fulcrum. <laughs> Just get the fulcrum point. Bro, there. I got to get the fulcrum point. There you go. Oh, easy. Yeah. Okay. But the first chapter is all about God being uncreated. Mm. And so he goes through all this scripture, and he basically gives, let me see if I can find. He, like, asks these questions, like Q&A, like, who made God? No one. He had no origin, no beginning. There never was a time when he did not exist. This is impossible to illustrate. Because he is unlike anything and anyone in the universe. He made it all. He made us. And he's like, uh, but it's like, it's a thought you never have. Like people, like kids always mm. have this thought. They're like, right. They're like, oh, who made me? And then you like, you say, oh yeah, like mom and dad, like they, <laughs> when they love each other and he's like, okay, okay. And he's like, what about, and then you talk to, talk to him about God and they're like, okay, but who made God? Right. And then you have to be like, no one, like God is, he's always been there. Mm. I guess, and that's what the Bible says. It's like, in the beginning was the word, mm. and the word was with God, that's and the word was God. It's like, it's it's such a simple thing, but mm. it is such a trippy thing. That's actually something that I'm actually writing about in the new blog that I'm oh. releasing that's coming soon on createdcurious.com. <laughs> be on the lookout, it's coming soon. Uh, but, and that's kind of like part of the premise of this show in general is this idea that kids have this curiosity and this kind of they're in tune with reality in a way that we lose over time. And so kind of describing and talking about this idea of not only are we dying in our flesh, but we're actually dying in our consciousness as well and mm -hmm. our awareness because like you have to be like a child into the kingdom of God. And I think yes. in a lot of ways – like, there's so much depth to what Jesus was saying there. And he's talking about, like, you have to have the nature of a child. It's true. You have to see things like a child. You have like, to yeah. experience like a child and love like a child, you know? Yeah, like, you, you still need the maturity of an adult, but you don't need, but you need the wonder and the awe. Yes. yes. Like, that's, dude. Well, because okay. children, children are born worshiping. Think oh, about yeah. it. Think about it worship the definition of worship is being in awe of something yes you're like oh you know you're yeah, literally yeah, yeah. in awe like uh, singing doing whatever is just an expression of that awe right you sing out because you're so in awe of god you're like you know whatever the song that you love i love maverick city but that's besides the point <laughs> um and uh 
am I saying? <laughs> I don't know, baby. Yeah, and so children are literally like, what about this? Like, what's yeah. in the stars? What's in the sky? Oh, my gosh, this is a, like, colors, like, water, dirt, sun, you know, whatever. They're amazed by it. They're in awe mm-hmm. of it. And especially if you have a kid that believes in God, which I think most kids are like, okay, of course God exists. Like, if you, like, talk to them, they probably yeah. have some inclination. But, uh, like, especially if they grew up in a Christian household that, like, taught them and they, they start to pray and stuff like that when they're young. Mm-hmm. It's almost like everything they do is a worship. I don't know. That's good. So. That's so Okay. There's this bit in this book. We're going to go. Okay. But that's – I think that's one of the things I've been thinking about and, like, that these people have taught me mm. is how to look at the Bible and how, how to look at God, like, with a childlike perspective. Which is weird to think that these old men <laughs> and women would teach me that, right. but it's true. Like G. Campbell, he tells this he, so he's able to like like okay. Have you seen the Chosen? Uh, hardly. Oh dang it! Just dude. the first. But that's episode. okay. Yeah, that's okay. But the Chosen, like it's really big right now, and I remember it came out, and I was like, I don't know if yeah if I want to watch this. I knew, and I heard really good things. I heard it made people cry, and I was like, it's probably really good. But you don't know if you want to watch it because then that's your idea of who Jesus exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. And the other reason is because literally this book, The Great Physician, is literally the same thing but like a hundred times better because mm. it's literally like like he's able – G. Campbell is able to like meditate and find these – those like moments. Like, like he talks about like the moment – which one do I want to talk about? The moment, like, so there's a story in the Bible where Jesus, this nobleman comes to Jesus, and his son is sick, and he comes to Jesus, and at first Jesus just, like, plays him off. Like, he, like, addresses, he doesn't even address him when he first asks. He's, like, he just addresses the whole crowd. He's, like, you seek signs and wonders, but you, like, you really don't want to know me. Mm-hmm. And this man goes up back up to Jesus, and he's, like, can you heal my son? Like, my son needs to be healed. Like, mm-hmm. come with me. And Jesus says, like, no, I'm not coming with you. He's like, go, and your son will be healed. Right. And then it says the nobleman had faith that his son will be healed. And it's like, why why would the nobleman have faith? And G. Campbell, like, he asked that question. And he's like, there must have been something, something in the character and the nature of Jesus, and something in the way, like, his eyes, mm. like, the way he looked at the man, and he knew, like, everything was going to be okay. Mm. And I've literally been thinking about that thought, like, Jesus, like the way Jesus looks at people, is that like the, is that the the story where like he comes up to Jesus and this may be a different guy, but he's like I know like when I tell my servants to go and do oh. something they do it or, you know, no, there's a centurion okay. who is, I want to say that's a centurion, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's a centurion. Okay. But the nobleman is like a similar situation mm. because he, so a nobleman is probably he probably works for a king, so he is mm. under the authority of the king. And he's also in authority, like the people under him, he can tell what to do, which is probably why he was so like demanding when he came to Jesus. Like, he's like, you come with me, like my son Mm. needs to be healed, Mm. which is kind of a we've been watching Lord of the Rings. Oh, we watched uh, all three within, you know, a week. Yeah, we started Monday and the last one we we watched the extended cut four hours and it was worth it. Like I, I was thinking about that last night. I was like. What else could we have gone without in that movie? You know, like I was there, thinking about that. There are that. so many scenes that are cut out. Mm. So you remember 
Gollum and stuff? No. So, like, I'm trying to... Okay, if you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> you need to watch it. Like, I'm just going to spoil stuff. <laughs> but basically, Saruman... Just close your ears. So, Saruman I'm dies, and he, like, drops that, that seeing orb. You remember that part? Right. So, that part's not... None of that is in the original cut. Oh. They just... When he ran, falls and... They just... <laughs> it's just, just assumed he's dead, or, oh. like, his dead body is, like, on the wheel. Oh, after the flood? Like okay. it's just assumed like his whole that whole scene is not there mm. and he's just assumed dead and like his body's on that wheel and then Pippin just randomly finds the orb. That and was an interesting situation because you think that you think that uh, Gandalf and uh, s- whatever his name is Solemn is that his name? Uh, Grima. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Well, the wait, other wizard. The other wizard. Saruman. Saruman. I don't know how to say it. I'm not Caleb super no. educated. Um, <laughs> You think they're gonna have a battle up in the tower? Or something. I know, right? Like a bunch of magic, but then he just gets stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the first one, it looks like he's he's being forced to break dance against his will. Oh yeah, like <laughs> when they're weird. like having their wizard battle. Yeah, that was really that weird. was painful to watch. Yeah. It, yeah, the movies. I mean, they're they're still amazing. But what I was saying is, it, it's just like uh, it's it's funny like talking about the nobleman in context, like. Like after watching that, you kind of have more context about how you know ancient interactions would work and oh, royalty yeah. and and yes. loyalty and stuff like, like that. Like you have the interactions of how the kings are treated. Yeah, yeah. the deal, like deal, yeah, lineages and even like being in authority and under it. It's good. Mm. Yes. So, so describe like in what way this has changed your faith journey and changed your relationship with God and your walk. I think. There's so many things I could say, but I will say one of the things is it's shown me that like it doesn't have to be an inconsistent thing that God speaks to you because mm. sometimes you'll sit there and you'll read the Bible and you're like, wow, this is really good. But you just like some days it just gets dry. Yeah. Like it's just a grind. Like you're just reading like it's a chore almost. But I I've learned to like. Sometimes, like, you literally, I literally can just go to my bookshelf like an altar. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, God, like, what do you want to speak to me? And he can show me in the book or, like, and the other, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing out of all is it's given me such a better appreciation for the Bible. Mm. Like, it's made me, like, these are men that make me want to read the Bible. And I I do want to touch on that because Caleb mentioned it doesn't replace the Bible, which I agree. Yes. But something that changed my mind about reading these authors lately, um, <clears throat> I kind of would separate it. Like I would separate, okay, reading the Bible is like this divine, intimate time with God. And reading these books, it's just reading these books. But Josh Nicholas described mm-hmm. it as, he's like, you are getting the the words of God through these authors and the, the intimacy they had, and it's being described to you. So there is a Holy spirit interaction there. And it made me think like, dang, this is spending time with God. Like even through these books, like I can spend time with God and I'm receiving words from God in the midst of this. Like I've been reading, uh, I think it's called, uh, abide by Andrew Murray. Mm -hmm. And, Man, has did that book speak so much to me and, and changed my heart towards towards uh towards God? Just like I have to be in full submission to His will because when I you know feel this conviction, like we all have been there, where we like feel this inclination, like eh, you know that's not necessarily wrong to do that, 
but I'm kind of pushing you away from making that choice, right? And you feel this like little whisper, this little like like nudge away from this decision, this want, this one of uh, your own will, right? And just understanding and learning that that little nudge is so important because it's not that God wants to restrict you from what you want. He wants to give you something much greater and much more lasting. And I've found like in recent times of like discerning these little tiny nudges on little tiny decisions Mm -hmm. has is so important to our life. Like even like the littlest things you're like, oh, well, that it doesn't say anything about this in the Bible that's wrong or it's actually not morally wrong. But I feel this nudge of God saying, hmm. Like, how about we don't? And then I choose that thing anyway. I feel gross. Like, I feel like, and and bad things happen. Like, not even like horrible bad things, but I feel the conviction after that choice. I feel the ramifications. And I, through experience, have to face the consequences of going against the will of God. Because he just, he wants the best for us. And so when we abide in him, uh, Proverbs Three five, uh, trust God with all of your heart yeah. and do not lean on your own understanding. All of it. Yes, that word "all" is so important because we can like, oh, I trust God That's with good. all of most of my heart. I think I trust God with all my heart, but when it comes to that one thing, like this one person, this one Dang. idol, this one thing. Yes, which goes back to that story of of them giving up their treasure. That's so good. Yeah. That's good. Dude, okay. I want to tell this story. Yeah. I, do you know this story, Bailey? Okay, I need to find. I need to find. Oh, shoot. The fulcrum has been messed up. <laughs> Bro, literally just go like this and then just lean into the mic more. Oh, yeah. Easy. Okay. <laughs> but so this yeah. summer, we. Okay, so this guy, F.W. Borum. Okay. Wait, have I told you? I've told you this story, right? Bro, by the way, Chris just spent $500 yes, on a Chris, bunch of Yes, our bombs. friend Chris <laughs> just spent $500 on 14 books. And it's like, dude, that was a good deal. And people would spend more. Mm. And that's literally what we, we, this summer, we did like the same thing. We spent 700 it was like $750 on, I don't even remember. I think it was 16 Borums. Mm. And I remember, like, I'm sitting there. So, like, I'm messaging this old pastor on Facebook, (laughs) and, like, he's, like, trying to sell these books, and, like, nobody's buying them, and I'm, like, I'm broke. I know. I've seen sets like that go for for thousands, like, easily. So, I'm, like, okay, that's out of my ballpark. I'm just going to try to get four of them, like, four, like, really good ones that I want. And he was just, like, no, I want to sell the whole set. I'm, like, okay, whatever. And I wait, like, weeks, and I ask him again, like, has anyone bought them? He's, like, no, no one's interested. And I'm like, oh, I'm still interested, like, in buying these yeah. many. And he doesn't respond. And then he goes behind, he doesn't tell me. He just goes on eBay and posts it. And I'm like, bro. And it's like, this is like at 11 o'clock at night. Mm. And I'm sitting there in the living room with all my roommates. And most of them have, they have never read any Borum. They don't, they don't really know him. And so I'm like, dude, we need to get this. Like, it's 700. I saw the price and I was like. Oh my gosh. I was like, we have to. Like we have to, it was like, buy it now for 700 or you could bid on it 
for a lower price. But I was like, someone is going to buy it right now. Because mm-hmm. there were very, there are some, okay, like the aesthetic of the book yeah. is is a nice thing, but it should, it's not the main thing. And people try to upsell it based on like first edition or right. whatever, whatever. But some of the books are just, they legit are just hard to find. Like most of these books are out of print and they, the pu- some, some of them, their publishing rights are like, like hundred years. Yeah. Like after a hundred years, the publishing rights are expired, but some of them have been bought back. And so different companies are reprinting them. And so you can't, you'll, you know, it's just, it's all as like sticky business. So yeah. some of the books in that lot were like extremely rare and it was probably gonna be the best copy you would ever find. Like there's this mm-hmm. one book in that lot called the heavenly octave that my good friend David Barrera got, mm-hmm. but that book is like crazy, crazy, crazy hard to find now. And the publishing rights are so whack with it. And we, we literally sat down and I was like, we have to buy this. And all the roommates just chipped in. They're like, mm-hmm. I'll take two, I'll take four, I'll take this many. And we bought it and I was like, this is the best. And I, it like was such a great roommate bonding experience. Mm-hmm. Like we all, like, and I can go to each one of my, those people and like God has shown them things through those books. And I'm like, it was so worth it. Mm. Like I would have spent way more money. It was awesome. So you were telling us a story about him? Uh, about who? That book. Borum. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, it. have you heard this story, baby? Oh, that, that know. was the one. Oh, that okay. was the story. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Dude, that is, that's so that's cool. Funny. So it's like, that's the one of the cool things about community is, is it's like a, it's like being a warrior, you know, there's something, <laughs> there's something so bonding about like knowing that you and I are going to know each other forever. Yes. And walking according to that understanding of reality. Because if we don't think we're going to know each other forever, we're like, oh, okay. So, you know, w- w- in a couple of years, we might, especially in a college environment, we might go separate ways. So, like, yeah. you're, you're only as good to me as your relationship now. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it, 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 we may, you may not be that cynical about it, but there is, if you don't receive that lens of reality that we're going to know each other for eternity, then you're going to your life is going to, you're going to make choices according to your understanding of reality, your view. Mm-hmm. And so, but if I know that I'm going to know you forever, then every moment, every conversation, like we were talking about the other night, God is a part of, especially oh, if we're talking, yes, yes, bring well, that I'll, up. Well, okay, you keep talking, I'm going to bring up the verse. Every, every conversation is eternally uh, relevant. Every interaction, every time I honor you, it's eternally relevant because it's like you're going to look back. Hey, remember when you actually like had a choice to be sinful? Oh, you know, like remember how you honored me? Oh, that was so cool. Like, because our hearts are going to be revealed. The truth, there's scripture on this. I forget where it was exactly, but it's talking about literally like the things. I think it's in first Corinthians, actually. Uh, The the intentions and the motives of our heart will be revealed on the day of oh, the Lord. Yeah. You know, and then we will be uh, rewarded accordingly. Like, mm-hmm. so even those things when you, I was thinking about this the other day, when you were a kid and you like had a good heart towards like another kid and then they just like completely like slapped you with like, you know, however kids like, you know, uh, like hurt each other. 
like oh like telling like yeah i don't know like i remember one time uh this this kid that was like next door to my grandma that we'd always take them in because they didn't they didn't know the lord but they would come and they would have bible study with us and we'd go to the Mm -hmm. park and whatnot uh tricked me into saying a cuss word oh like like because i was dyslexic so they're like so what is this that rhymes with this but starts with this letter and then i said it and then they'd go and they went and told on me to my grandma and i was heartbroken because i was like i loved god i didn't want to like sin like i was i wasn't even like super sad that they were telling my grandma because my grandma was just an extension of god's authority to me yeah and so like i (laughs) i was heartbroken by that you know and i think there's something about that motive of the heart even throughout our whole life even when we're a kid and we didn't know it that we'll be rewarded for in in the age to come which yeah. is Dude, so do you notice i never say heaven i say the age to come the age to come <laughs> eternity i always say like in eternity yeah is what i always say but okay back to that whole yeah the idea being okay oh there's so many things okay let's first hey we got time bro so that idea Remember we said this is going to be an the ogre. idea that so what we were talking about, what Bailey was talking about earlier, that the things, the conversations we have are going to, they're literally, it's biblical. They're going to be written down in eternity and there'll be a record of every conversation you ever have about God. Because, mm-hmm. so this is what the Bible says. It's in Malachi chapter three, <laughs> verse 16. Mm-hmm. He says, is this right? Yeah, that's right. And then they feared that the Lord spake often one to another and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. It's like mm-hmm. he's literally writing a book of remembrance of all read the conversations about him. Yeah. You may want to. Actu- do you want to read it in your translation? Yeah. Where is it? It's Malachi chapter three. Yeah. I'm going to because I have 16. a verse already picked out. So. Oh, I'm yes. just going to bring it up on the Bible app. That way you can read it in uh, not old English. <laughs> right. Said Malachi. Here, how about you find it and I'll, oh, I'll yeah, talk, you, talk you about talk something about real fast. Then. So, so li- what's funny is I turned right to this, which is where my bookmark is, but my eyes went right to the verse that I was talking about. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and it says, "So don't make judgments." This is Paul to the Corinthians. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time, before the Lord returns, for He will bring our dark, darkest secrets to light. And will reveal our private motives. Dang. It's true, though. Then God will give e- to each one whatever praise is due. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Why you do the things you do and who you do them for. Okay. Mm. And then this verse. This is in NLT. Then, then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other. And the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him. And always thought about the honor of his name. That's crazy. Like, God is literally listening to this conversation. Yeah, and if we believe that's true, how do we walk according to that? You know? Like, we need to actually adopt that as our reality. Because we can say, oh, yeah, I believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. And then we read something like that. Yeah. And we're like, ah, oh, well, yeah, you know, that, you know, that seems good. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. That's so sweet. <laughs> but, but if we actually believe in the canon of scripture, in the divine 
power of God coming and revealing himself through the Bible, then that is eternally relevant and is the truth of life itself. And we can adopt that and say, dang, okay, so every, what was that last part of it? Uh, in, oh. in, in his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Always thought about always. the honor in How every decision. Are we glorifying God right. in every situation. Boom, this podcast. We're going to be famous in heaven. I'm joking. Because <laughs> that's not what it's about. That would be a fun, fun song, though. Famous in heaven? Yeah, famous in heaven. You should you should tell Kanye. Okay, I'm this sure is actually this is actually a question. Oh, okay. That we had that that we were talking about the other day. Oh, I don't. I, know. I think I, I you weren't there. I think it was like Garrett, uh, a uh, Chris and um, Keaton. These are our friends, by and, the way. Uh, these aren't random people. Yeah. Yeah, no, these are these are the great theologians. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're literally college students yeah. and missionaries like me. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we were talking about. Um, lost my train of thought uh we were talking about uh whether or not it is okay to want treasures in heaven like to do things because we understand the eternal rewards oh like is it okay to desire to like live according to god because we desire eternal life is it because I think Paul talks about that a little bit. He's like, I'll do it. I don't even care about anything else but eternal life. I will do whatever it takes to get eternal life. Mm. Is it bad to, like, honor you because the rewards that I will get in heaven? I think, I feel like it is. Like, if, you're, if your motive is the reward, it shouldn't be the reward. It should just be, like, the person. Mm. But I don't think it's wrong to have... Like, it's a good thing to have an eternal mindset. Like, you want to look right. at people like they're going to last with that knowledge that the weir will last for eternity. Mm. So in that aspect— And our choices matter. And your choices matter. So your, cho- your choices will lead to either to heaven or hell, you know? Mm. And not only our choices, but the motive behind yes. the choices. I think that's the whole idea is, like, is not thinking about the reward. Like, mm. is the motive—is if your motive is a reward versus— like who you're doing it for. That's just a byproduct. Yeah, the reward should be a byproduct. Mm. So I God think. is revealing to us, hey, your choices matter. You will be rewarded accordingly yes. or judged accordingly, depending on where you stand with Jesus. But your motive is my glory. And so glorify me. This is just a byproduct. Like this is going to matter for eternity. Mm-hmm. The amount in which you live glorifying me and your motive and your heart towards me and through the choices is going to be a like uh, a one for one accordance to the rewards that you receive in heaven. Mm -hmm. Because it really should be about having a relationship with God and you get to have that forever. Like you get to have that Mm -hmm. forever with him and with other people like there's. I'm reading this. I just feel like there's more to it, though. You think so? I think there is. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, right? It's like you could say, oh, but it's all about just having a relationship with God, which I do believe that is the 
entire purpose, glorification through our lives, knowing God is where we receive peace, where we receive everything. A man that has everything and has God is no different than a man that has nothing and has God, I right? See what you're saying. So he's eternally relevant. <laughs> but I think in terms of like the age to come or what people call heaven or eternity, I think it's it's going to be like God's character is so much more than just like hey, come sit in my lap. You know, I think that's an aspect of who God is. Like, hey, come receive my goodness. But I think there's real relationships are more than that. Right. There's creative parts. And he, he like, cares about art and he cares about that's good relationship that's with each other and learning and, like, discovery or and all of these things. writing things down. Like, yeah. I'm thinking, but, like, I still think, like, these people did not, they didn't think like, oh, all look at all the eternal rewards <laughs> right. I will get for writing this book, and yeah. having people. Le- they were just like, God has shown me mm. these beautiful, amazing things, and I, I must share them. Like I want to, and yeah. they knew it would change people's lives. And, it, and I think that's the whole idea. Yeah. Is it's not do nothing out of selfish. It is motive. yeah. It's and it's like it, there will be a eternal reward because it's like these. The words they wrote or like whatever they do or the art they make mm. is going to impact other people and their walk with God. But that's not, but it all just stems from them seeing an eternal perspective from them seeing these people are going to last for eternity. The knowledge that God has shown me is important. It's mm. valuable. And I want to share it with people mm-hmm. but, and by sharing it with people, they can get closer to God. Mm. So it's a giving God his desire. Like, because he desires, Cause he to, desires know. to know, uh, like, for everyone to come mm. to know him. So it's giving them access, a pipeline, a plumb line to God's heart. That's true. Like, uh, yeah, it's like breadcrumbs. Yeah, like, it's little. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, true. you find, pick up one. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, then you have access. Then you can recreate that for someone else. That's discipleship. It is. It's really <laughs> discipleship. It's discipleship literally through, through words. What is this? Uh, Philippians. Two, three through four, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Yeah. So, like, like that. Not the idea that you will get an eternal reward, but but the idea that you can share it with others. Mm. Dude, there's okay. We were like, this goes back to Lord of the Rings, but okay. we're talking. <laughs> Which you that's a good book too. Like that's that's all a book. But we're there's like so much the idea uh, that they the fellowship that's one thing I've been thinking about is because I'm a I'm like a missionary intern. Yeah. And so there are four there are fourteen other interns with me and it's really like I was literally thinking about it yesterday. I was like, We're like the fellowship. Yeah. It's been super fun hanging out with you guys. Like the they're like yeah, it's <laughs> been so fun. Like there is eternal there's an eternal bond being forged among like the interns and mm-hmm. even other people in our ministry. And it's like, it's such a beautiful thing. And there's this line in the movie that I, I remembered I wrote down because it literally made me cry. Mm. And so Mary, I don't know if you guys know the story, then it's good. But if you don't, you're gonna be so lost. <laughs> but Mary, one of the hobbits, he, so hobbits aren't very good at fighting, right? It's like a man, they're, by the way. They're half, they're half halflings. They're really yeah. short, got really short arms. <laughs> They're not good at fighting, but Mary wants to fight, and all the other hobbits are part of this mission, and he desperately desires to be in the battle. And he says, I know I can't change the world, 
but he says, I know, but I want to help my friends. Mm. And like, that's the whole idea mm. is that we have to stay humble, know our place in the world, but mm. at the same time, like realize the threat, realize the reality that there, there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is an enemy, and then there is God, you know, and that we have to help people. We have to help our friends. Mm. It's like, if we don't, who will? And dude, it's so good. So if we, <coughs> so if we understand the construct of life itself, the life that we live, then we better know how to walk according to God's calling because we know, like, so God created life with intention. He created male and female. You know, he created trees. He created the laws of physics, and he created the laws of morality. Yeah. And so if we understand these truths, then we know that if you defy the law of gravity, it has real effect. If you jump off a building, what happens? You go splat. <laughs> exactly. If you defy the law, if you, if you believe the lie that there is no laws of morality, <clears throat> then you will try to defy those laws yes and there will be the actual consequences the same way that if you believe that there is no law <coughs> of gravity mm -hmm. and you try to defy that law you're still going to have the effects like the law is still there whether you believe it or not right yes that's so good dude and that reminds me do we want to talk more about old dick i Let's don't know do it. yes it yes. reminds me have you read uh francis schaefer yes the god who was there yes dude that's okay. the only one i've read by him Oh, that's perfect because I've read it too. <laughs> but we—that's okay. Let's t let's pause. That's one of the coolest things is two people that have read the same that has hung out with the same old dead guy, being able to talk. To talk. We need to. You know what we need to do? We need to do more book clubs. Dude, that's literally so part of our <laughs> our internship. Right. Is we literally had a class about Francis Schaeffer, mm. and we read four of his books. We read this whole volume, which is four books. And that's literally what it was. Like, we just sat in a room with our friends Sam and Marie Eisenhower, who, they're they're literally the best. It's so fun hanging out with them and their family. You're like, just call up Sam. Dude, yeah. You yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> dude, I, they, okay, all the other interns always tease me, which is so dumb. They're like, <laughs> you're Sam's favorite. Like, he would do anything for you. And I'm just like, I'm like, well, Sam's my favorite because he's my favorite. Like, yeah, you're like his, I love yeah, hanging yeah. out with Sam, and s so Sam loves hanging out with me. And well, so that's what, who who said that about Jesus? Oh, uh, Eli did. Okay, our pastor. Right. He said that, like Jesus had favorites. Like his favorites were what? Who? Peter, John, duh, the beloved, mm -hmm. uh, James, even Andrew. Andrew sometimes mentioned with those. It's like relationships, a two way street or something. Wow, <laughs> dude, who knew? But it's true. Like that's that's why uh, Sam loves hanging out with me, or and I love hanging out because with Sam. Because you love, yeah. But we so so like to describe that a little bit further. What Eli is saying is that. Jesus had favorites because Jesus was their favorite. So, for yes. for instance, if Eli is my favorite, I'm going to, like, make an effort yes. and move my feet and move my little Twitter fingers or whatever to text him yes. or call him in order to spend time and with Sometimes it's hard, dude. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, they, I guarantee you, most of your friends want to hang out with you. Mm. Like, you know, like they probably <laughs> may never text you, but they want to hang out with you. Mm. 
and you just sometimes you just have to make an effort like if you want a friend you just be a friend like if you want somebody to call you you know what like yo hang out you know what i want to bring back and that's kind of coming back is just showing up at people's houses dude that that literally is coming back in our culture and part of me like part of me low-key hates it like (laughs) this is not how i was grown up and so like I love my friends. Wait, you didn't just like when you were a kid. No. There was a phone, so you just knock on people's doors. Yes, but I never did that. People oh. would come to my house and they'd be like, "Can Daniel come out and play?" And my mom would always be like, "She'd always." I'd be like, "Can I go play with them?" And she'd be like, "Were you invited to go?" And like, that's sad. But I mean, it's just good parenting. It's just normal. That's how I was raised. Mm. But is it though? But yeah, <laughs> I think it's coming back because I'm always like, I'm always like, I want to. At least ask. Because, like, especially with friends that have children and wives, right. you're like, I definitely need a call. Because, like, yeah. they're just busy and they have – their lives are crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, they have children running around in diapers and, like, you yeah, got to – Yeah, it would be kind of bad if someone just knocked yeah, on the door right here and in the you're in the, the middle podcast. of, like, some disaster in your house and wow. you're like, oh, my. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so it's always – I think it's good to call. I just feel like Glade – Oh yeah. I'm not gonna give the the number. Oh yeah, don't yeah, don't <laughs> tell people where I live. <laughs> but I feel like I could just show up there whenever. Yeah, you totally can. Cause it's like a Christian frat house. It really is. And <laughs> then one of our other house friends, they live at this other street on the other side of town, and they literally that's what they do. They they just want you to show they up. They just want you to show up, and I call them and I tell them like, hey, I'm coming over. Like, and they get mad at me. me. They're yeah. like, why are you telling me? Like, just come over. Mm. And I'm like, I just do it because it's how I was raised. Like, mm. I know it's I, it's what I want to do for, like, it's what I would like, what I prefer. But So everybody just show up at, at Daniel's yeah, house. Yeah, you can just show up at my house. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> don't but, okay. don't text All right, him. here's his address. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, what were we talking about? Okay, but literally, so that's Book what club, we did. Shaper, yeah. That's what we did with, with Sam. We literally just sat down, Sam and Marie, and we just sat down in the living room. And we'd have these weekly readings, and you just sit in the living room, and you get to talk about this book. And it was so helpful because this book is so hard, dude. Like, it's just... It's dense. It's very dense, and a lot of people... Logical. A lot of people in that class have never read Schaefer before. Mm. Or have studied apologetics. Or have studied apologetics. And, like, history and philosophy and Mm. all these things. Like, I've read... I know I've me and Garrett have read Schaefer. We were, those are two of the people mm. in that class. I just got that book. Most people True had spirituality. never. Spirituality is that good? This book is incredible, dude. This book changed my life. Mm. I'll say that about pretty much every book here. Yeah. And the ones that are on the floor. Yeah. There by the way, by the way, for those that are watching, can you just like pick up that? Yeah, tub? I'll pick up the tub. <laughs> he, he has a whole tub of book. It's not even the ones on the table. Can they like, can they see this? <laughs> can you guys see this? Yeah. Maybe and then there's more. <laughs> wait, wait. Have Caleb switch to your camera. Hold it right in front of you. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like right here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Okay, you but can that's <laughs> And then there's more. There are books in my backpack that I'm currently reading. Mm. And then there's more at my house. Just come over and you'll see. Yeah. But, okay. His house is a library. It, yeah, we. I've been wanting to read. Uh, I think you have it right there. Is that it? Which one? The uh, the something you the spears or something? Oh, nest of spears, nest of spears. by F. W. Borum. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about it at our house the other day. Okay, continue with what you you are. But we literally get to sit down and yeah. talk about Schaefer, which mm. is so helpful because Schaefer is he he has 
bro. He just he has his own vocabulary. Like mm-hmm. he uses words, and he'll use a definition for that word in a way nobody else will. Mm-hmm. So he'll establish the definition so in the he, first few chapters. It's like you're reading a textbook. Like you, mm-hmm. he establishes the definition earlier in one of the previous chapters, and then you have to pay it. If you have to pay attention, and remember that definition. Like a mm-hmm. good example he uses in the God who is there in many of his books is the idea that God is autonomous or that people think that we're autonomous, mm. that we operate without outside influence, that we operate out without God. Right. So that's what a lot of people think is that they're, he ta- and he talks about this other thing, the idea. That you're that fully self-sustaining. Yeah, that you're fully self-sustaining, like you just run on your own. Yeah. And he talks, because it stems from the idea that we are in, if you believe we're in a system of, a closed system. This is, I understood it really well because I did engineering and they talk about open and closed systems. And you're Daniel Owen. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he said, yeah. But no, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but the idea of a closed system is that there's no outside interaction. Yeah. Right. And so most, most philosophies now, most modern day people like atheists and mm. all these secular beliefs, that's what they believe is that there's no outside, there's no outside influence from the universe and but christians believe it's an open system that there is something that there is a divine like like somebody pulling the strings that there's god behind the scenes that he's created everything yeah and that there is like that there's something more than just the what we see the what the the world in us i'm trying let me see if i can find something dude that's amazing dude yeah i i probably can't find i mean it's in here trust me <laughs> Man, we should just screenshot this and make this the thumbnail of right. him. Of me just like looking, looking very scholarly and reading. Oh my gosh, dude! He talks about so much. Oh my gosh, it's like all coming back to me. Now we don't need to find the exact thing, but basically, what he does in the book is he he talks about basically. He traces through history and through culture and art how humanity has gotten to that state, to that Mm. belief, the idea that we operate within a system of universals that are from just man, that's not from no outside system. And he talks, he literally traces it. And then he talks about the effect on culture and the effect on society. Yes, because it starts with ideas, right? It starts in philosophy and it goes through to art, to music. And to eventually impacting culture, and then he says the final step is it impacts theology, and mm. that's and that's basically plagued the church. Seems like it's happening right now. It is like he <laughs> so Schaefer wrote this in the I don't even know like because there's 60s, so 70s. There, it, it almost seems like you know, and not to bash on any specific congregation, but there almost seems to be this uh, care more about like. Uh, making people feel good than truth yes and like obviously there needs to be a balance of spirit and truth so like following the spirit and loving people and like you know but i don't think loving people always means like hugs and kisses you know i think it loving people like it's like the burning house analogy right yes um what is that analogy david that analogy i think maddie weir shared it on here um but i've heard it several times it's like if you just like if you saw your mom in a burning house and she's just like laughing and she wants to be in that house like 
you would be like, man, like, I don't care what you want. I'm going to grab you. I'm going to pull you out, you know, and because it's your mom, you love her, you care about her. And uh, in the same way, it's like someone that doesn't have a connection with God. They are in a state of reality that is going to lead them to eternal destruction. And so if we understand that, is it loving to let someone go there? And it's like <laughs> we we know it's not. I think And we don't always have the power to be able to bring them out of that. Yeah, uh, like if you that's well that was one thing. I was just listening to Winky and he talked about like evangelism. I love his last name by the way. That's awesome. Winky Pratney. <laughs> like we evangelism is a it is a supernatural thing. Like it's not something we can do alone. It is something we have that we work alongside God with. Right. And so it is true. Like some of that stuff, it's like, how do you pull people out of this? Well, that's the Christian walk, right? It's it's learning that we aren't autonomous. Yes. It's learning that the only way to actually live a life honoring to God is by Him living through us. It's by our own will dying. <laughs> the fulcrum. <laughs> the fulcrum. <laughs> for for people that aren't like he's trying to fix his mic. Um. Oh, is it not on me? Okay. Uh, you want to go over to true spirituality or? Oh, dude, we could. I so what's I. What's next? What's next? Let's. Okay, I'll tell this story. This book. This this book is one of. This book holds a special place in my heart. I remember. This well, is. I'm glad this, I got it. Then. Reading this book is part of the reason why I became a missionary. Interesting. Like I remember, so, so I talk remember. about that story. I want to yeah, hear I'll tell the, the testimony. This is one of my favorite stories because everybody, you know, it's like being a missionary is an interesting thing because oh, yes, it, you it. <laughs> you there's sacrifice and there's benefits to it. Like you know, I think a lot of people are like because you are like asking like for support. Like some people kind of like oh, want to yeah. leave like the benefits out of it, but you get to focus on God all the time. And you get to focus on the mission and people, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and people, and so that's really rewarding. And you, you're in a community of people that support you and love you, um, but there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it because, yes. for one, you have like, you have to ask people to support you, which is a very weird thing to do. Yes, you know, it's like get a job, you happy? Yeah, you know, like, because like <laughs> I so. For the viewers who don't know, I I majored in electrical engineering. Sure. And I did, I did I did really well in school. Like I was a good student. Four O baby. No, not <laughs> not a four O, but still very good. But I remember, and so that's literally what I got is people, like, you know, people wonder like, is am I throwing my degree away? And I remember thinking that when I wasn't saved, like, and I would look at missionaries who would get these you know chemistry degrees, these these very good degrees from different universities and then they would go into like youth ministry they mm-hmm. go into some ministry and i'm like why would you do that why would you just waste all this but right. it's like now i know it's like like i will god wouldn't have like i want to give my life to the lord if i didn't major in engineering at AM, you know and so back to reading this book it like sparked those ideas in my head i remember because so i was sitting down and we were at Revs. If you go to A&M, there's this like burger joint at on campus called Revs. And my good friend burgers. Jonathan, yeah, the good burgers, good fries. 
And my friend Jonathan like loves Revs. So we would go, I went to Revs because I knew Jonathan was there and two of our other friends that were there, uh, Colby Garcia and Jacob Trim. And Jacob was reading this book. He was reading True Spirituality. Or no, he wasn't. He was reading Schaefer. Hmm. I don't remember which Schaefer book he was reading, but he was reading Schaefer. And so Jonathan and Jacob were talking about it and I was asking questions. Because I had just, I had bought this book because it was on, it all goes back to that list. This book was on that list. And so I heard the name Schaefer and they're talking about him and what he's reading in the book. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like I should read Francis Schaefer is what the Lord told me. And so I go home and I have an exam. I remember I had an engineering ethics exam the next day. And so I'm like, okay, I go grind out for this engineering ethics exam. But then afterwards I had this huge block of time and I'm like, Mm. I'm just going to go to Starbucks, sit in the cafe and read this book. And I take the exam. I did pretty well, I remember, I think. And then I just go to the cafe, and I literally just sit there for hours. Like, I'm there for probably at least an hour and a half, like, reading and writing these notes. Like, I have all the notes from then, from that day. And I remember my what mind. What is it like looking back at the notes? It's incredible. Hmm. It's, it's like, you literally see, like, because you can't, I can't remember everything. It's just a fact. Like, I don't remember things that God spoke to me two years ago. But I remember that moment. I remember that he spoke to me. And I just remember thinking, like, I literally got more from that two-hour session, just reading and spent being alone with God at Starbucks <laughs> than I did from the whole year, you know? Mm. And I was like, God, is this really, do I really want to do engineering for the rest of my life? And it was just me asking that question. Wow. And it just, like, slowly built from there. And eventually it was like i don't know if i do mm. i was like and it just slowly little by little just sacrificing like my degree yeah. and my you know so i i applied for the internship oh yes i heard yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and there's a part on it <coughs> oh. where you have to talk to your parents oh for real yeah well it's like if if you want to o- answer it honestly it, it asks what do your parents think about this i don't oh, know if that real? was on yours i don't know if that was on mine mm. yeah i was asked what your what your parents would think about this decision so my question to you is like what did your parents think about that i mean you were getting an electrical engineer. this is a very real question <laughs> but my yeah my parents dude i love my parents and they they love me and i know they do and but they do s- they are like they don't understand fully which i think talking with my friends like that's that's normal like they that's what their parents did and sometimes it takes years for them to fully comprehend but they're like why is he throwing away this this degree and they sacrificed a lot like my parents like I went through college without any debt like my parents paid it all and now I'm essentially throwing it away like I had a chance to get like a dream one of my dream jobs Mm. Like I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to do was to build satellites and work on electronics for satellites. Wow. And I did that as a summer internship. Like I literally was doing that. I was coding uh, hardware for satellites in space, for space grade hardware, for high reliability electronics, which is so cool. That is cool. Right? (laughs) But I remember being in that internship and it was the Lord that gave me that internship. And I was just like, like this is, so fascinating but i'm so like lonely Mm. and i was just like and my parents my parents they respect me and they 
they realize the decision I made, but they still don't fully understand it. But I think I think that's over time they they can and they will. And but they're definitely they're not they're not apprehensive, but they're like and they still love me and support me, but they're they are confused and but I think most people would be. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's uh I mean the pr- the the scriptures prophesy about that. You know, of uh our decisions looking foolish mm-hmm. like or them not making sense like when you do things out of uh spiritual realities to those that that aren't spiritual that uh, don't have a relationship with god they don't have a grip on what's actually true it's weird it yeah. just it's confusing to them like wait you're not selfish <laughs> 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 like but it's almost like the lack of selfishness on the part of the Christian makes the non-Christian feel very uh, insecure. Yeah. And so they don't like it. They don't like when you and they walk yeah. in that. And it, dude, it goes back to that parable, like the treasure in the field. Hmm. Like people see, you know, they see this degree, they see this this career that you can make. I could, you know, you could have made a lot of money, whatever. Yeah. And they see you literally throwing that away for. A treasure they see, they think is less valuable. Right. When in reality, it Just has grass. Yeah, it's when in reality you're like it has so much value, so much like eternal value. Like, like I could just sit at my desk and code or build circuits and like design stuff, which I do. Like, I love engineering. Like, I mm. and you can find the Lord in it too. And there are people we have friends who are literally like in the workforce doing ministry. But I, I was just like I. Like I would consider my life a loss if yeah. I didn't fully devote it to to so, people, so to pouring into people. So when did you get that direction? You said you were in this Starbucks. Okay, so that was the Starbucks was like the moment I had the thought. Okay. I was like, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? And then I remember, dude, it wasn't even an old dead guy book. It was just in the Bible. <laughs> but I was reading the Bible, and I was reading Acts chapter 20, and I'll flip to it. Did I remember it? And it's like, mark me for my life but i was reading acts chapter 20 yeah and this is paul he is in front of ephesus he's like he's already established a church there and he's going to ephesus and he he has this burden or this like it says that the spirit is drawing him or he's bound by the spirit to go to jerusalem and he basically knows like i'm probably gonna die like jerusalem like they're persecuting jews or they're persecuting christians and he's like i'm probably gonna die Mm if I go there and I remember reading the story and, but Paul knows he's like, I would consider my life worth less if I didn't go. And he's preaching to his friends in Ephesus. Mm. And I remember thinking, I remember reading the first time and I was like, like, it was like me. I'm like, I'm about to graduate and leave all these friends behind. And I, I felt at peace, like leaving them behind, you know, like I gave up that right. But then I read it again, like a few weeks later. And I just read that part where he says, but I would consider my life worth less. Like I would can, and I always played it in my head, like dwelling on the thought of, but I would consider my life a loss if I didn't like, let me read it verbatim. I think it's Acts 20, 20, 24. Let's just read actually. Okay. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there, 
save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. Like he knows he's probably going to go to prison. He's, he's probably going to die, mm. which is a crazy thing to think about. Like he's going to the city with the knowledge. Like the Holy Spirit is telling him, like, bro, you're probably going to die. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Frodo. And, but, he, <laughs> but then he says in 24, he's like, but none of these things move me, neither count mm. I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Like he, he knows that testifying to the gospel to these people in Jerusalem is worth it. It's worth everything. He has including his life mm. and that reminds me of another book which i don't remember when i read this book but it's a similar story so do you know like one of the big books types that we love reading that i love reading is like biographies it's just the stories of people's lives yeah because their lives are so powerful and there's this guy i didn't bring the book but there's this guy dietrich bonhoeffer do you know who he is no oh, you don't I've heard his name so he was a German. He was a Christian in Germany oh, I do during know World War II, literally during like one of the gnarliest times. And he was a part of like he was a Christian and he was there during like Nazism when Hitler was rising to power and he knew it was evil. He knew it was wrong, but he, he had to oppose evil was his he like read the Bible. And that's the thing like we oppose. We are fighting against like things beyond ourselves like. We're fighting against a very real enemy. Dude, Lord of the Rings. Like, if you want an analogy of, like, fighting a real enemy, it's that movie. But he knew that, and he knew he had to oppose what was evil. But it came to a point where if he stayed any longer, he was probably going to die. Like, Hitler's right-hand man, I have no idea what his name is, but Hitler's right-hand man had a list of all these people he wanted to kill, and Bonhoeffer was one of them. Like, mm. he was out to get this man. Because they had, they had an assassination plot on Hitler. Because they were like, we have to, like, this is just the the thing that's going to save the most people. It's just the reality, which is so, it's, it's sad to think about, but yeah. it is true. But Bonhoeffer, so Bonhoeffer, like, left the country. He went to London with some friends. And he literally, like, is convicted. He's like, I've abandoned my people. I've abandoned these people. There are people who will not hear the gospel based on the decision I had to save my life. Mm. Right? Which is Which is crazy. And the other thing, dude that trips me so much is he he was engaged when he made that this like so he goes back to germany mm. and he's engaged and he does die he goes to a concentration camp and he dies mm. but he ministers to people in those prisons he ministers to people in those concentration camps and people give their life to the lord that would never have if he didn't go and he writes books there that he never would have written that have impacted so many people's lives if he had never gone mm. And he, but dude, the idea that he gave up not only his life, but the idea he gave up like spending, like getting married, dude. Right. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do that. You know, it's crazy. But yeah, that's another book and like story. And he wrote this biography of himself? No. So I read this, <laughs> dude. It's So there's this book he wrote called The Cost of Discipleship. Mm. And the copy I have has like an intro that is a little like biography of Bonhoeffer's life. And I read mm. that and just cried. And I remember reading that book and this story and knowing like, like I have to, I have to, like mm. this deserves my life. 
Right. So how how do we get so centered with that truth that we make decisions r- as rash as that? You know, like even for you, like what was the thing? Like I know you know these stories impacted you, but but there had to be a personal experience. Yeah. Decision. Yeah. Mm. There had to be a personal like uh, experience. Like what made me make that decision? You just, I guess you just adopted the truth, right? Like, yeah, I adopted the truth. And I think the other thing is the the persistency of it. Mm. Like, if you read it once and you're like, oh, that's really cool. Or if you're like, like, the, I'm not sure how to describe it. But like the potency when you read it and the, the way it impacts your life mm. and the consistency of it. Like, I would dwell on those thoughts. Like, I would always go back to just thinking of Paul standing before Ephesus and saying those words. And the reality that he knew, I'm probably going to die. Like, I'm going to die if I do this. But it's worth it. It is worth everything I have just so these people, that someone can know yeah, the God that I know. So why don't more of us Christians do that? I don't know, bro. People just need to read the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) That's like true. it's true though. Meditate on the scriptures. Like I meditate on the scriptures day and night. I think part <laughs> that's of what he says, right? Part of it for me is if you read the Bible like it's a nice story or like some parable that you can get some nice frou frou truths out of, or if you read it as a story of real people and real events and real history, right? Like if you because if, if you read that story and you're just like, oh okay, Paul's in Ephesus talking to his homies. But if you read it with the the reality, like mm. that it was that you know that he was preaching to these people in a city you can go to today and find, right? It's all it's it's all uh it's really all like a a trust in the validity. Yes, it of really is of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like if you know it's valid and that it really happened, then it has way more weight behind it. That Paul was a real person. That Paul was a real person, and that Jesus, Jesus was a real person. Was a real person that actually like raised from the dead. Yes, which that goes back, dude, that goes back to Schaefer, and like one of the things he talks about with the new theology of Christians right. is that idea. Is he calls it his terminology for it is semantic mysticism, mm. which is really the idea that words have no, that the words Christian use have no. They have really no meaning. Like mm. people use the word Jesus, but they they just use it like nonchalantly, mm. and there's no weight. Like they're not really referring to the person of Jesus. They're just saying the words, which mm. I think back to like how I grew up. Like we would say these prayers, and I had them all memorized. You know, like like the Apostles' Creed or the Our Father. Mm. But that's all they were. They were meaningless words. Like there was no weight behind them. There's no reality to them, and it was just like pointless they meant nothing but now when i say you know now when i say those prayers it means so much more because i'm thinking like i i'm thinking about those words and thinking how i need to live my life it's like um kind of like you know mormonism specifically it's like they refer to jesus as lucifer's brother and they have this all these whack beliefs but oh yeah um not to like, not to bash on them, but actually bash on them. You know what I'm saying? 
not other we way, love like, we love Mormons. <laughs> we do, like we do. I mean, we but, love but the they, people, but they yeah. they believe something that's not true. <laughs> it's true. And it's like kind of like if I talked about you, Daniel, and I was like, um, I was like, yeah, Daniel Owen, he was the most jacked guy I know. Like not to not to like like just yeah, it's yeah. just not true. He's like the most jacked guy I know. He you know actually uh, went to space and uh, landed on the moon, and he rode around on the satellites that sick. he designed. Can you imagine? I wouldn't be. He also licks babies. Well, I wouldn't be. I do like. Not only is that a lie about you, but that's actually not you at all. That's true. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's just even though I used your name, I'm not actually talking about you that's good that's, that's not actually a real person mm-hmm. like you can think of i think of stories where you like hide the name for to like protect the person which is a good thing to do but even then it's like it's it is less personal mm. because you're not you know yeah. it's, like it's not really the person like or the person you're talking to doesn't really understand that this is a real person mm. Mm. man Old dead guy yes. books. Old dead guy books. Okay, <laughs> what do we? I don't know. What do we talk about next? What if you? <laughs> so you? Okay, I don't know if I can. Can I? You ask can questions? ask me questions. Praise yeah. God. Okay, so what was? What was going on in your head? Like you're coming into this culture where yeah, people love these books. Yeah. Like, did you think we were crazy? I don't know what I thought. Like this is a genuine question yeah. I was thinking about today. I think. Or yesterday, one of the days. Hmm. You know, until Eli gave me this book, I didn't really understand. Yeah. Like, I've always read books. But I think I I just read all different types of books. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know if they were dead or not. (laughs) You know, Um, I think one of the things that, like, made it easier for me is – Ravi Zacharias is passing. Oh, yeah. He's now an old dead guy. That's true. He is. And uh, he was probably one of my biggest heroes that I didn't know mm-hmm. was Ravi Zacharias. Just changed my understanding. I would recommend going and watching him. To he has a, yes. m- a bunch of talks. Uh, if you really want to learn how to defend your faith like, and why it's actually applicable, like he increased my faith. Uh, tenfold. There's actually two things that really increased my faith, which was understanding the historical relevance of Jesus' life through the story of the Bible mm-hmm. and how it's the unified story of all of creation and that we're still existing within the the scriptures that have yet to be unveiled, um, like the prophecies that have been yet to be fulfilled, that we oh, are yeah. playing a role in God's kingdom now, uh, and understanding the validity of Jesus' life, how this is real historical events, all of that stuff, and then learning about the logical ideas like Francis Schaeffer brings um, in in a in the world of apologetics, in the world of yeah. like why does it make sense for God to exist? And then one thing Ravi was great about doing was saying, "Hey, one of the extra indicators, like more, I think morality." is the greatest indicator of the existence of God. Oh, yes. That is definitely And you see that through the effects of being an immoral people. 
yes in society you see what living a life without god gets you yeah that's good and uh but this this claim that Ravi has, and I'm getting back to your, your question, but this claim that Ravi has is, is, and, and I think even probably Schaefer, because Ravi loved Schaefer. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Also, once once you're yeah. done talking, I want to share a story about Ravi. Cool, cool. Um, he says if there is a moral law, like if you assume a moral law, you're also assuming a moral law giver. Mm-hmm. Where does the moral law come from? Well, some people say society, things like this, but that's changing. So there's an objective moral law, yes. unchanging, that assumes a moral law giver. So if you say, it's never okay to kill me, you are assuming a moral law, yes, which is assuming a moral law giver. Yes. And like the all of these things play in together. And so it's not that the believing in God is a ridiculous, like, uh, blind belief. It's not like believing... Uh, or, or or trusting in the the validity of God is 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 just wacky. It's that the veil has been put over society's eyes. The lies are enticing. I, I'm writing about this right now. Is is we have to be careful about straying off from the path because it's enticing. The things of the world are enticing. They're they're seductive, and uh, and each lie that we adopt corrupts our reality it's like the the all of your heart to god what that does is it leaves no room for corruption no room for spread because if you have a cancer it will spread yeah and and the love of god and being fully submitted to god uh it protects your heart it protects your being it protects your eternal life it protects everything and so when i came into which which is really funny because i don't think i've talked about this but uh, I think uh, Katie, Katie, Katie Heath. No, no, no. Uh, uh, who, Katie, who are what we talking? No, it's not Katie. Maddie. Uh, M- McKenna. No. Uh, Sarah. Amanda. Amanda. Yes, I was talking. I to was like, I yes. just named a bunch of. <laughs> I was talking to emails. Amanda last night. She was asking me like, what made me decide to do the internship. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, but I've never really explained how I ended up in Chi Alpha. But it's so funny because I was at Daniel. Uh, or not Daniel, uh, David Barrera's and Caleb's baptism in oh, Rudder yeah. Fountain. That's Didn't know them at all, and then had no idea that I was going to end up being friends with all you guys. Wait, so yeah. how how are you at that baptism? Dude, I showed up to one Chi Alpha event because of my friend Jax England that I've known since I was he was zero. And that was, that was the was, one that got baptized? Yes. And so I was literally right in front of uh Was it David. at the Rudder Forum? Yes, the Rudder Fountain, yeah. You were you in the forum, the Rudder forum? Yeah, bro, that's insane. <laughs> right. So we were in the forum like two twenty eighteen, a long a while ago. That's insane. I yeah. just met Bailey this summer. That's yes. crazy. But I was like super involved in in, in Antioch. Antioch. Yeah, different ministry. And so and then I started serving the youth, which is when things was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I wasn't planning on leaving either. I I didn't really have an intention. That was my community. Um, but, uh, David wanted to talk to me about him, me supporting him. And I'd randomly met him through an internship I did for the Stella hotel. Oh yeah. Cause he, he used to work there. Yeah. So essentially I just kind of popped up. I wasn't intending to, to go to Mount Valley or anything. I kind of popped up and I remember like meeting you and some other guys. And I instantly felt this like eternal perspective and value on my life pre- being portrayed. 
uh, by you guys. Mm. And so that's kind of like how I ended up there. But it was like, I think some things just happen outside of your will. Yeah. Like you just kind of end up places and you have to make decisions. I, it's not like I had to say, uh, I actually like thought about, I was like, Oh, but should I like, you know, where am I supposed to be? Yeah. I remember talking to you about it. Cause we were like, I was just kind of like, this guy's awesome to talk to, but I don't want him to leave Antioch. Antioch is an amazing right. ministry. And we're just like, but if you want to hang out and come and talk to us about the Lord and play board games, yeah, like, please <laughs> come over. Like he literally lives three minutes away. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, it's built such an awesome friendship. But okay. So what was the question you asked? Uh what did you think about oh, like yeah. us reading these books? So, in conclusion, yes. And I'll <laughs> let you tell the story cuz I've been rambling. Is I love books and I love education and learning. And so one of the biggest things that I think that, that was uh, uh not quite there in my in my uh previous ministry. Uh, was this love for understanding why we believe what we believe. Mm. And so, to me, it was just fascinating. There was some, like, what the heck? Who are these authors? Like, are these authors even, like, do they even ri- have the right theology? Yeah, they have. <laughs> you know? We have, there, there are authors I love that are, like, Calvinists, or, like, mm. they say, like, they say they're Calvinists, but then you look at the way they live their life, and you're like, yeah, yeah, this guy's not Calvin. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the, I don't know why this is like such a, uh, it doesn't really matter all that much. But to me, it kind of does, is this idea of a rapture. Uh-huh. And like, I didn't know like where Mountain Valley stood on oh, that. Oh, yeah. And I still don't know where the Assemblies of God stands. I, on I exactly. know where Assemblies of God stands, but I you sh- I think it's different. You should probably, you just talk to Eli. Eli's, yeah. uh, Eli's a great person to ask about it. Or I, I, I can't really talk about Because I it. personally, like, I don't find validity for it in the scripture. Mm. Like, I, and I... it's not like, a, it's not one of those, like, things that should cause division, you know? No, it's like, it's such a minor thing. Yeah. I know I need to, I want to study it one day. But it's one of those things I'm like, is this going to help me right now, like, mm. with the mission I have? And right now it doesn't. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. one day... One day during the summer or something, I'll like sit down and study it. Well, and a lot of times when we get so caught up with those things, it kind of it it, the, it leaves room for the enemy to say, "Hey, you should actually like isolate yourself out of community," because I think Eli brought this up the other day at a Chi Alpha, maybe a couple months ago. It was when we were uh, actually in Pebble Creek, mm. and he was like, oh, "Our church, like any church that you go to, me and you." We're, none of us are ever going to agree entire, entirely on theology. Yeah, it's true. You know. Like, oh, yeah. I, I think of going to Mountain Valley, and I, especially, like, as I was, like, early, like, saved. <laughs> like, I, I grew up Catholic, so it was, like. Way different. Way <laughs> different. But I knew, I knew, like, these people loved me, and I knew. I knew they loved the Bible, so I was like, oh, like the, what they say is probably good then, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So it is true. Like, most people in the church have different theology, but I feel like as long as everyone's like, like, that's why we have the Bible. Like, that's, we have some basis for it. Yeah. You just have to get the fin- foundations. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Everyone has the same foundation in the Bible. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let me tell the story about Ravi. So yeah. I think, and it's one of the reasons I love Ravi. 
Well, not one of the reasons. It wasn't the first thing. But so we, so my friend Sam Eisenhower, he, he used to be a missionary at UTSA, and we have a good friend. They, we have a friend there. His name's Kyle Volkner. He's like a super good Bible teacher. He, he's the same way. He loves books, and he has a lot. And he, he got the chance to like go to Ravi Zacharias's library, and he got to see all of his books. And he, Sam was telling me the story, and Kyle, I called him and told him about the library, and he was like, dude, Sam, all of Ravi's heroes are our heroes. All these books, all like shelves and shelves and shelves of these people we love and that Ravi loves as well. And you Mm -hmm. can totally tell based on the way they live there that Ravi lived his life. Like you can tell he loves Schaefer. You can even tell in the way he talks. Like I'm at the point now where I can tell if somebody has read Schaefer based on the way they speak or what they, how they approach apologetics or evangelism and that idea. The because vernacular they use. The vernacular, because that, that is a gift Schaefer has, is he has a way of saying a certain vernacular in a way that you remember it because nobody else says it the same way, but also in a way that you can articulate it. And you can even dumb it down. Like that was one of Schaefer's gifts, was he was able to speak to whatever his audience was, whether it's a super educated equal or to a child. Mm. And he, you can tell based on his writing. And it's, dude, it's so incredible. Mm. that's wild i know right yeah i was i was actually writing uh, a blog last night or like i just like i just sometimes like the holy spirit for me when it comes to writing it just has to be like prompt i have to be prompted i can't just like write whenever i want like i can but it's just not gonna mean anything like you have to be led or like yeah it's just like the holy spirit's okay like he gives me like an idea yeah and he's like time to write I feel like I'm the same way. I just don't uh, write very – like, I started writing – I wrote, like, some poems. Yeah. And I the first one, I was like – I read this moment in the Bible, and I was like, oh, I want to write a poem about that. That would be pretty dope. And then I just sat down and tried to write the poem, and it was like – it was okay, but it was like – it probably would have been better if I just sat down and wrote it in the moment. It's a muscle, too. Uh, yeah, like, that's what I'm, I've learned is – I was like, the first – I was like, I just need to be more yeah. – like I'm learning with the internship is just to do different things to, like not flex, but like to <laughs> just to like to to get closer to God, like different ways to express how your heart and like what God is speaking to you. Yeah. And one of those was writing poetry, or one of the things I've been doing a lot is like I just write down like big thoughts I have or like studies I want to look into or questions, so that way, because before. I would just read the Bible and you have those questions or those thoughts and then you just like forget about it like the next day or whatever. But it, just writing it down in my phone, like I've remembered it. And now yeah. I like, now I have basically this list of all these things I can study, which is so cool. Or like pull up and I can dwell on and well, just and get your mind on the Lord. It's taking a step into materializing uh, like a thought yeah. into something. Yes, because that, that step will help you remember it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I was so like. So you're writing this blog. One, one of is. yeah, uh, I, uh, what was I? I don't even know what I'm gonna say about that. Uh, I w- I think I was talking about like, like it, um, you know, building. Uh, like okay, so like I would eventually, like for a while, I was like, I want to write a book, and like I'm like I have to like four different like great book ideas like 
oh, yeah, in yeah, theory, yeah. like these books, like I, I just know, like there's some, there's like people need to hear this, and um, but I grew up dyslexic, so like to think, I just I laugh at how God creates and, and like orchestrates, and he's he's sovereign in, in his way of thinking. It's like I just laugh at it because like if I if <laughs> back in the day, it's like. I'm, I'm dyslexic. Oh yeah, I want to be an author. Like that would never have been never an idea. I like wanted to be an inventor. You know, I still like that stuff, but but like, uh, it, the way that I see it now is like writing or doing something like this is inventing. Mm-hmm. You know, like and, and w- in reality, inventing is only taking what God already had here and and, and, and applying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like you're literally just ripping off God for everything because. Like anything you have is just a culmination of what you've like kind of heard from other people, learned, and then you're just kind of putting it into one, which like you can have like authentic new thoughts, but you cannot take credit for those because you have (laughs) God created the ability for you to like think and he created reality for for us to be able to touch things and Mm -hmm. write things down. And so it's like take credit for any of that or to say that it's completely from your own like self is just kind of ridiculous no yeah um but i decided i want to start this blog not only because i i've i've been felt felt led here quite a bit but if i'm actually serious about like wanting to like write a book one day i need to probably flex that muscle now Just practice. Even at, like, I've received so much peace last night after writing uh, this uh, this this blog post that I'm, I'll post later on. But I was just like, man, you know what? And I want to write about this is walking our purpose or walking out um, God's will for you or walking out what it is that we feel led to do because i think i think part of the reason we feel burdened sometimes is because we are not living according to the calling in which we've been called so for 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 what i'm saying is all of this potential is all just inside of you and you haven't done anything about it you have not you honestly have not been obedient and that's that was that's my conclusion. Some people, it's like it's like you're saying, things. you wouldn't be obedient if you didn't share it, or if I didn't start writing. Dude, yes. Because I felt the peace because God's like, this is like I'm giving you this burden to prompt you to do something about it, you know, mm-hmm. to connect with me, and through this you are connecting with me and you're sharing of my glory, and it's like I think what happens in the sanctification process is as we get deeper and deeper with God, he cares more and more about tuning the little details of who we are, what we do, how mm-hmm. we think, than the big things. And we're like, because <laughs> when you get rid of the big things in your life, like the big sinful things, uh, you're like, man, that's, that's great. I got rid of this <laughs> huge thing. But then something weird happens because God says he will always uh, – he says, uh, I forget what scripture this is, but he talks about um, s- uh, s- always seeing, I s- I'm butchering it, but like seeing till the end 
what he has started. So any good works in you, he will see to, to fruition uh, before the day of the Lord. So it's like this sanctification process we're in mm-hmm. for life. <laughs> like, yes. like, and, and, and so I think a lot of times we're satisfied with like, man, okay, I, I've received the Holy Spirit. I got rid of these big things. Like in comparison to the world, I'm golden. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't want us to compare ourselves to the world. He wants yes. us to compare ourselves to him. to him. That is one thing. That's so I've been reading. Okay. One of the books, one of the books in my backpack. But so it's by F.W. Borm. It's called The Heavenly Octave. Mm. And is that I've a reprint? It is a reprint. It's not as bougie <laughs> as some of the other books. But. Like I've just been, he studies the Beatitudes and thinking about the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes are really, they really are. That's their description of a, what a Christian should be, but they are a contradiction to the world. Mm. And I'm just dwelling on that thought that we are a contradiction to the world, and that Jesus and God is a contradict. Like he is a, he's a contradiction to the world, but he is the most real thing, you know. Like, he is more mm-hmm. real than we realize, even if he is a contradiction. Let me see if I can find a quote, one of the, uh, the quote I'm thinking of. He's a contradiction to the cursed world. Yes. Okay, let me see. Uh, yes, I'm just going to read this paragraph from okay. the Heavenly Octave. The Beatitudes sum up in a melodious octave of epigraphs the ponderous contents of a thousand volumes of practical morality. And yet the Beatitudes themselves can be condensed into a single sentence, blessedness. The Savior seems to say, consist in character. Blessedness, the Savior seems to say, consist in character. It lies not in something, nor in something, nor in saying something, nor in doing something, but in being something. Mm. Blessed are the poor in the spirit, blessed are they that mourn, and blessed are the meek. Like these things that you think would not be blessed or like make you happy or like live a good life like being lowly being meek being even mourning the idea of like sorrow yet you're blessed because of it wow it's like it is a contradiction so, so i love i, so I that's, that's what the b attitudes are like yes that's matthew chapter five mm. so it's being versus doing <laughs> that's that's so good interesting that's so good it's like not thinking a certain way, not it doing is, a certain is thing, being. is being the embodiment of that thing. Yes. It's authenticity. Yes. And, <laughs> and reading, I'm reading through the Gospels right now, and that's one thing I realize is that, like, and this is something you can realize every time you read the Bible, is whenever Jesus says stuff, he doesn't say it, like, vainly. He, that's how he lives his life. And that's why it has so much weight behind it. And so when he says those Beatitudes, like he, there are examples in scripture of him living those moments mm. out. Like blessed are they, like one of the last beatitude is blessed are they who are martyred, who die for their faith, right? And it's like Jesus was the ultimate example of that. And there are examples of others, you know, that, are, that die for their faith in the Bible. The disciples. The disciples, yes. Mm. And so, so it's like Jesus taught the disciples and it spread. So rather than doing things, like I'm going to refer this to, to your choice to, to, to become a missionary. Oh, rather, <laughs> rather than doing things Christians do in order to honor God, you should be a Christian. <laughs> like, like, hang with me for a second. You have to be the embodiment of Christ. 
therefore you're willing to die you're willing yeah for your faith you're willing to die to your dreams you're willing to die to your parents ideals for your life you're willing to die from society's idea of what you should do and you're willing to sacrifice all of that and be shamed or or uh be maybe not shamed but but uh looked down upon for it because you are actually a christian and so if you want to be every like if you want to be an actual Christian, you have to embody what that means. Mm-hmm. That means embodying being little Christ's. Yeah. You know, embodying That's good. who Jesus is. And who is Jesus? A martyr. He's lowly. He, he has weeps. a prayer life. Yes. You know? He has a prayer life. He's yes. But 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 he he lives in prayer. Right. He's the embodiment of prayer itself <laughs> oh hmm. I don't know it really sure. does go back to the heart <laughs> motives we were talking oh, about yeah, earlier it's all about the heart it's all about being and living out those things mm. every single moment as opposed to just saying that you do it yeah. or even performing those actions but your motives are all twisted up and you're actually doing it for acceptance or yeah. for uh, approval or all of these different things yeah. as opposed to just being the truth that God has called you to be. You know what it is? So Our good. heart motive is the valve that allows the Lord, yes, that allows the Lord mm. to flow through us. Yes. So like on this show, like bro, if my heart's not right, I'm going to f- I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it at all. I just like I feel uncomfortable. I feel anxious. Yeah. I feel like if I haven't spent time with the Lord that day, like, or I haven't, like, submitted and prayed for this, like, I'm just not going to feel right. But there's something funny. is like, even I keep finding myself in this thought, like, on this show is, like, I don't even know why I'm saying what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, like, I yeah. don't have this planned in my mind. Yeah, we had no plan. Like, <laughs> Bailey was like, this is the intro. We'll talk about you. And it's just us talking. It's it's pretty fun. And it allows the Holy Spirit to move and do what he wants to do. Yes. Because I am not equipped on my own. But God has given me giftings. But when I think about when I when I do things out of my own giftings, it's always worse. And that's I think that's why I don't necessarily like prepare specific questions. Sometimes I have them in my head. Uh, and it's usually prompted by the spirit, like uh, before the show, like giving me a vision of what it's going to look like. Because yeah. I always, I always, like, God always gives me a vision before the show of like what it's going to look like, what the intro is going to be like. Dang. Like, and I always see it. And the 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 fact is, I can take no credit for this for you sitting here because like it wasn't me. Like God has just given favor over what we're doing right now and and bringing certain people that have like fascinating things to say like dude there is there is infinite like you there's infinite amount of wisdom in in the books that we have and i mean uh, especially i mean that the the bible, the bible dude but, but it's just it's so like i just keep coming back to that thought like the only wisdom the only thing that's going to be ever impactful from my mouth on this show is when god takes the reins and he starts to speak that's through good. me and the only way to do that is to align your heart motive, which how do you align your heart motive? Understanding the realities that God set in place, moral realities, physical realities, all of these things. And so you know how to place your heart. And so once we place our heart abiding in Jesus, you open up the floodgates. Yes. <laughs> that reminds me of, I think it's in John. 
John 7, 37 through 39, where he talks about, like, he's the living water that, mm. or, yeah, I think so. Let me check. Yeah. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Yeah, dude. Bruh, that literally describes that. Yeah, it's awesome. What what verse is that? I want to look that John up. John seven thirty seven through thirty nine. Okay, so I know like the value in the King James, like that's yes. a marked reference, which y'all yes. love. Like this Bible is incredible. <laughs> I I can't recommend it enough. But yeah, go but, with your but question. But it's it's hard to like understand sometimes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So like from I do the New Living. I know it's not the <coughs> most crazy accurate, but like it it helps with my daily devotion. Yeah, it puts it in like practical terms. What what verse is that? John chapter seven, verse thirty seven through thirty nine. But it uh I like King James. I usually whenever I speak it out loud, I try to like fix all the speakists and the mm. the old Englishith words to where, you know, they're normal. But like sometimes it is hard, but usually I have a okay time. Well, let's see. Thir- you said through thirty nine? Through thirty nine. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Exclamation point. Shout it. (laughs) Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow through his heart. Mm. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone who believed in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. I like your translation better. <laughs> I'd say pretty much the same. Like there, yeah. I'd say pretty much the same thing. Mm. But yeah. Dude, this verse, I started, uh, we could talk. So I, I read this verse, and then there's this book I have up here. That I started reading because of it. Uh, this book by G. Campbell Morgan. So he mm. has this book called Parables and Metaphors, and it's some of his. So he like interpret. He like looks at all the parables and like gives different views of them. And some of them you could be like, oh, I'm not sure if that's 100 percent right. But really, it's taught me to just look at the Bible to not have one a one track mind when you read the Bible. Like you, dude. He says this quote. He's literally like. The reason that Jesus is on the cross is because people just blindly followed a popular interpretation of Scripture, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone thought the Messiah was going to be this king, the son of David, this king who was going to slay the Romans and lead them into victory. Which is crazy to think <laughs> about because I think in Jeremiah, I was reading it the other day, it prophesies very specifics about how Jesus is going to suffer and it like oh, yeah. on a cross. That's yeah. It's like I'm like, how did it, how, do how you did think they that? miss this? Yeah, <laughs> that's I don't know why. Cause it's probably because it's probably like they were blinded by their interpretation. Mm. They were blinded by some of the other things that did say he's a son of David, right? And then they and saw this man who it talked about his conquest, like that he that will happen. It just didn't happen the first time. Yes, it's and it happen. talks and it talks about like how the the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. 
yet Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but common knowledge it was he was he lived in Nazareth, mm. and so people assume he was born there, and they're like, oh, it can't be him. Like there were so many things that were that blinded people. But oh, I can't remember the quote. But but I was reading this book because he has a chapter about that verse about yeah. the living water, and he talks about basically just rivers, the idea of rivers. And he's like, no river can flow from some from a dry source. Mm. And I'm like that. So like it's that's why one of the reasons it's so essential. We fill ourselves up with like godly things, reading the Bible, reading good books, watching good videos. So that way, when you do minister to people like there is something, there is some thing flowing out of you Mm. through the Holy Spirit. And I started this whole like this study that I did about rivers. I'm Mm. still not done. I need to pick it back up. But. I started this whole study about it. Would you say the only river is Jesus? Like that is the only source of life? Yeah, well. Because if that's the case, then we need to embody Jesus. I guess like eternal. Like you, not even like abiding with Jesus. Yeah, but each one of these books are pointing to the person of Jesus. Yes, like that's, okay, yeah. Like these books, they may look really cool. Dude, I hate the trend of people buying just antique books. And they just put them like on random the antique books on the shelf and they'll never read them. Mm. But whereas these books, it's like, yes, there are books on my shelf I've never read, but every single one of them I will, I'm going to try to read or I'll yeah. read, you know, and they're like, you're after, you're not after the look of the book. You're after the wisdom. Mm. You're after God behind the book. I do like the looks. Though. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they do cool. look nice, but yeah. And they feel nice. And it's like. For me, and this is what I was telling you the other day, and you you agreed with this, is for me, it's like I want to buy a more like uh, old school version, like an authentic version, I guess, or like old version, because for one, they're more expensive, and for two, like it just brings me to this place of like, dang, someone was holding this way back in the day, reading the same things, and now I'm in 2020, like reading this, It, 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 it pushes me to want to read it more. Yeah, uh, there is there is a I don't know what it is, but when you do have a nice copy of a book, it makes it easier to read. <laughs> but even this this like doo doo garbage <laughs> heavenly octave like, like I just read it and I'm like, bro, this is insane. I awesome. have to, like I don't care how it looks. It looks kind of derpy, but <laughs> I, so it's awesome. Is part of the appeal of collecting these books this idea of like. Uh, their capital like like in the sense their eternal the capital yeah like well uh, generational capital oh like okay explain i think i know you what can you're pass about. them down to your son to your children yeah. and to your i i 100 percent. like there are books on my shelf that <laughs> i'm just gonna say it who cares <laughs> there are books on my shelf i want to give my future wife there are books on my shelf i want to give to my future kids and sit down and read with them bro let's not skip over that like, it's true. There are books on my shelf. That's a very sweet thing. I know, right? <laughs> I'm I'm such, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a romantic. Yeah. Like, I've never dated anyone, but I'm like a closet romantic. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I, you just, I don't know. I feel like, I, I, almost like if you have a genuine connection with, like, obviously it comes at different, you know, at aptitudes uh, in different people are different, right? Uh, the personalities and stuff like that, but. I almost feel like if you have a genuine connection with God, how could you, like, not, not be, be a romantic? romantic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I literally wrote, I had the same thought. I was like, is God a romantic? Because we were, 
we've been going to Nacogdoches to hang out with some people at SFA, and they they have this beautiful arboretum that's mm. like gorgeous. And I just low key, I just walk down it and I just imagine. <laughs> I do. I imagine walking with a girl down it, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, like I need. To, I'm like, I probably shouldn't think about that. But then I think about like walking it with the Lord. Yeah. And I had the thought, like, is God a romantic? Um, my phone's over there. But I wrote yeah. something about it, like like a thingy. Just, like, the idea that, like, because really it's just you looking at God like a lover. Like, that was such a hard thing for me to grasp. <laughs> as a man. As a man. It's <laughs> like, um, I do not want to make out with God. I don't want to do anything <laughs> weird. But I doubt God wants to make out exactly, with God. Exactly. That's weird, dude. But, okay, there's this quote in this book. It's okay. This is another book that I'm reading currently. It's called Why Revival Tarries yeah. by Leonard Ravenhill. And this guy has such good like <laughs> one-liners. I know, right? Like It's so funny, dude. Okay, this book is so good. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about this book forever. But there's this quote. Where's the chapter? I think the chapter is called Fire Begots Fire. Or maybe I'm wrong. No, it's the chapter is Revival and Boneyard. No. I'm crazy. What chapter is it? Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Um, Bailey, you want to talk about something? Why I look for this? No, who cares? I know the quote. Okay, <laughs> basically he talks about. I want to say he's talking about like fire begots fire, and he's talking about like the fire from the Lord. When you spend an intimate time alone with God, there is a fire that's set in you. And it spreads. Like when you pray about other people, pray for other people and with mm. other people, it spreads. And it will spread in your life, like how you talk to people, mm. minister to them. And he says this quote, like, for lovers love to be alone. And the highest peaks of the soul are reached in solitude. Hmm. So, like, the the most, and that's it's so true. Like, I think about my most intimate moments with the Lord. And it's always, it's always me alone with god you know yeah i forget who it was was describing to me the other day they're like you know like just kind of uh a healthy weight we put on marriage right or like yeah. having a wife and he's like at the end of the day though you even if you are like going to sleep in the same bed you are still alone with your thoughts so it's true it's still you and god like, that person is not awake next to you. Mm -hmm. So you're still going to bed with just you and God at the end of the day. And so preparing that part of your life and that heart is the most important. Yeah. Like, do you ever hear the expression that no man is an island? Mm. Mm -mm. No? No. Okay, well, okay. There's this Borum. Dude, I love the database we have here. There's this Borum <laughs> article that Borum... This Borum article changed my life. Well, a lot of them did. But this one, I think he literally talks about it. He talks about, it's in The Luggage of Life, which is, it was, this is like Borum's breakout book. Okay. This is the book. It's probably the easiest to find. You can probably, f you can find it in this dirt paperback. I actually really like this paperback. It's super clean, but you can get a nice hardback too yeah. or whatever. And it's one of the cheapest ones you can find. But the second chapter is called Our Deserted Islands. And he he talks about that every human actually is an island. Mm. 
that everyone is exactly what you just said, that you can be in a room alone, but you're alone with your thoughts. You're alone with your, everyone is unique and they have yeah. their own individuality and that no one will ever truly understand you. Mm. And so we are islands, but, but back to the thing you said earlier that we, like that there's a beauty that we're an island because we can, God will speak to us in a way that no one else will speak, you know, yeah. that he can speak to nobody else. And there are gifts that we have that nobody else will have. And if we don't speak, if we don't act like we we're not obeying God, like you were yeah. saying earlier, and he talks about that the island broods conquering, like places of isolation brood conquering because, mm. and he think he talks about like some of the greatest islands that conquered like Great Britain, Great Britain spread all over. They spread to India. They spread, you know, part of mm. to America. And he talks about like Japan. Japan is a modern, a more modern example, but like Japan literally could have taken over the world with uh, during Germ with Germany. And there was this island of people, you know, taking over. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny because like if you play the game of risk, have you ever played? Oh yeah. Like Australia. That's the strategy. Australia is the best spot in risk. The best. Because there's only two ports of entry. Yes. And you can just defend. It's it's true. That's, that's I a mean, good point. if you want to if you want to win risk, I'll give you the 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 only strategy that will ever win. That like if someone uses this strategy, you are going to lose. So you like if you want to defend this strategy, everybody has to attack Australia right at the beginning. But if you want to win, you literally just stack all of your troops for like the first ten rounds all on Australia. You let everybody else deplete their their uh their their infantry and make it to where there's only like three guys on each island then you align with someone else and you get them to kind of do your bidding for you and start to attack people and go through and then you just sweep behind at the end and you just kill everybody in one turn because there's only like two guys on each one and you have like you know 150 reinforcements on one space yeah dang Yes, it's true. <laughs> risk. But that's Dude, an island. Like, it's, there's, it's isolated. There's eternal value in the game of risk. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God did invent strategy. It's true. Oh, that that's a book I need to buy. One of my friends recommended really? God's. It's a book. It's called God's Strategy in Human History, I think. I need to buy it. I do want to. I do want to mention something kind of funny. All right, please. You kind of. I mean, you've been bringing up Borum quite a bit. Oh yeah. You kind of created a an assault on any half price books within a no, hundred square God. miles. I did not do that. Just because of our uh, of our ministry. Like there is like th three months ago mm -hmm. nobody like the average person in, in uh you know, in Chi Alpha was not trying to search for these old books. Yeah, but now Sadly. because of a group me we have, everybody's just flexing Everyone on each is. other. <laughs> there, it it's so it's called dead guys for sale. Yeah, but now it's literally kind of become a flex chat. Like people, <laughs> like people would post books they'd find and be like, "Hey, anyone want to buy this?" Yeah, but now it's just like, I mean, people look still at, do that. Which yeah, is good. people look just post like the sick hauls, <laughs> and the other dude, it was so funny. The other day, so I got this sick. So I'm kind of. So you don't think you started that? I. <laughs> Maybe I did, but it was really the Lord. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, because it really all, how I see it is, it definitely started in my small group. Like, because they're my, that's the people I want to 
instill that in me. Yeah. That is my job. That is my, those are the people I want and long for them. Like I'm discipling them. Yeah. But there is a, it's just when it's part of your life, it's contagious. Like you, you talk about it to everyone and it just, and once it catches in somebody else, it spreads like wildfire. And that's really what happened. Like us buying those borums, it literally spread like wildfire because what God instilled in me and what he, and the only reason he instilled that was because he, the people discipling me instilled it in me. Mm. And then these people, my roommates, it got instilled in them. Yeah. And then they instilled it in more and more and more and more. We and were talking just, about this the other night, supply and demand. And that's just how it should be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we, we're driving up the price, bro. We really are. So <laughs> I used to, okay, we were, what was, okay, I wanted to talk about something, but I'll talk about this instead. <laughs> Screw it. But we, uh, so the great physician, this book like marked me, right? Yeah. And so I, there was a period in my life, like I think last year or some, there was a period where I would literally buy every copy of this book for $15 or less. And I'd just buy it instantly. And the like, hardback. And yeah, hardback. I had never seen a paperback. Mm. So I'd just buy it and I literally, like, I think I drove up the price because I would, <laughs> I bought like eight copies of this book over wow. the years and I just give them away. Wow. Which is, is an awesome thing. Dude, that's the best gift that you can give someone. Like, and I would give them to like good. Sometimes I would literally just buy it and I would be like, I'm going to give it to somebody. I'll probably just give it to the first person that asks. Like, I remember I bought one. This is when I lived with D-Bar and he, D David Barrera. And he was like, what book did you get? I was like, The Great Physician. And we started talking about it. And I was like, you want it? And he's mm. like, yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's also like super um, effective, I guess that would be the word. Or uh, when someone you look up to gives you a book. Dude, yes, there are books on my shelf. Books I haven't even finished, mm. but they are given or even started some of them, but they're given by people like my heroes. Like, mm. like I have a book on my shelf that Jonathan Bryce gave to me. I have a book that my small group leader, Austin Owensby, gave to me. Dude, yes. And there, oh, dude, that's another. I like I got to meet Winky Prattney and like, like, cause he, he came. I don't know if you've heard this story. Uh -uh. So Winky Prattney came. I've seen some pictures, but I didn't know the He context. came in fall 2018. He wow. stayed in Texas for a while. He has a place in Lindale, Texas. And he, so he came, he preached at Chi Alpha, and then he preached at Mountain Valley in the same week. And so he's with us for the whole week. And I got to, I got him to sign my book, My Youth of Flame. Wow. I felt, I felt kind of bad because <laughs> he's really old and he can't yeah. really write very well it's it's really sad mm -hmm. but it's super sweet that he signed my book and but dude we got to meet we got to s like sit down with him we got to sit down with him later because jonathan bryce is like they're friends yeah winky is good he's friends with eli yeah. and jonathan and so we're sitting at jonathan's house i told this story the other day i love this story but we were sitting down at jonathan's house it, the christmas tree is up and we're just talking about Winky, like what he taught us and like how we loved having him here. And we're talking about the Bible he published, the Revival Study Bible, because they were going out of print. And so he had like the last few copies of that, like some of the last few copies of it were, were the ones Winky brought with him to mm. A&M. And we were like, shoot. I was like, I need to buy that Bible like right now. <laughs> and so we just drive to where Winky is staying. We go pick him up. We buy Bibles from him in this trailer that he's staying in with one of his friends. 
And then we just bring him back to Jonathan's house. And we sit down with Winky till like 1 a.m. Wow. And we just talk, like we just sit there and ask him questions and listen. And he talks about crazy stuff, mm. insane stuff. And you're just like, this is so, like such a great moment. Because like, it's really sad because Winky's getting, getting he's getting to that old. point where it's just, it's hard for him to travel. And he's probably not going to be back to Texas. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah, I'm so thankful that I got to meet him. And I remember one of my small group guys, Sam, Sam Jayakumar, he literally, so he came to company like on a whim. Like he wasn't supposed to come, but I invited him and he was so thankful. He was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm in Daniel's small group. I'm so glad I'm in Jonathan's resource. I'm so glad yeah. I'm his friend. Dude, it was the best. So do you, do you remember anything? I, I know it's going to be oh, hard. Oh, that Winky like, said? Yeah. Some of the stuff I literally can't talk about. Mm. Like I literally can't talk about it. Top secret. It's top secret. <laughs> but he just shared why, a lot of the knowledge he's learned. You? I. It's like things that are gonna happen. It or? could get it could get Winky in trouble. Okay. Or us in trouble. Gotcha. Yep. So you want to talk about something else? <laughs> no, like like, <laughs> can you say anything? No, I, sh- I probably shouldn't say so. A lot <laughs> well, of. Well, no, not like the things that you can't say, but like you. I the things I remember are the things I couldn't say. I do remember he yeah. talked about. So he like drinks. Okay, he loves tennis first off, and he's like a freak when he, cause he's like he's an old dude. So like you like see him, and you're like this guy. I mean, I saw him write his autograph. I was like, this guy probably can't play tennis. No, he's like an he's like a different beast when he plays tennis. <laughs> like one of our friends, Rosalind, she like played tennis with him, and they, it's like something else happens in him, and it's crazy. But he he the reason he's able to do it is because he drinks. He has all these different like things he drinks he drinks like vitamin c supplement like mm. stuff and then he has this thing called uh winky juice <laughs> that he drinks when he's sick to like keep him to help him and it actually works i've drunk in it before and like you're supposed to whenever your throat's like feeling scraggly or like sh- scratchy you like gargle it mm. and it helps and it like cleans you out like it cleans <laughs> your system out which is a good thing but it's but it's well, that's one of his secrets he talked about that and we got like the formula for some of his drinks wow and we did talk about i'm pretty sure we did we talked about one of winky's friends james tour who he's uh so winky was a chemist but then he went into youth and college ministry but so one of the leading chemists right now is james tour and james tour loves god he like loves god and he's doing all these crazy things with like graphene and so James Tour talked to us, to us about that, and that was one of the avenues that we, how we figured out about James Tour and became friends with him. Mm. So that was one of the things we talked about. Most of the other stuff I remember. Yeah, yeah, we can't talk about. I that. love, <laughs> I love how God is a way of like networking, like none other. Like He connects everything. It's like true. I went to Thanksgiving, and I was talking oh. to my cousin, and. And I don't know why I like brought up that I applied for the internship or I was applying, and to like do missions with Kai Alpha Ministry. She's like, "That's crazy." My cousin, like unrelated to me, but cousin on the other side of him. Well, yeah. I guess it's related because of him. Yeah, uh, is a missionary for Kai Alpha, and then we. I was like, I was like, I told him about Eli, and then. Um, he texted his cousin about it, and he's like, yeah, I am a disciple of a disciple of a disciple of Eli, or like a disciple of a disciple That's of Eli. That's crazy. 
and it was just weird because I wasn't expecting to go to my Thanksgiving with my family yes. and find out that a, my cousin's cousin is in full-time ministry with Kai Alpha already. Yes. And I met him like way back in the day and I was like, <clears throat> I just remember only meeting him once and being like, this guy is like the coolest guy. And he wasn't even in, like it was like we were young. I was like, this guy is really cool. And now I'm like, okay, there's a reason he's cool. He had the spirit of God on his life, you know? And it's just funny how like, now this person that I'm coming under, like someone else came under him that disciples someone that like I'm in the family with. And it was just this weird, like divine kind of connection in my, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, what do we talk about? There's so much we could. Yeah. And there's, there's also I, so much we have talked about. But I, I f- also feel like we've hardly scratched the surface. We really have. <laughs> That's one thing I've realized. Like, I had this, I have this obsession with, I want to remember stuff. I probably, like, just value my memory too much. I have a very good memory. Me too. I will say that. You do, you do too. So. Mine's very experienced. But at the same why, yeah. At the same time, it's like, I just have to put aside that I'm not, it's not, I can't remember everything. Like, yeah. everything to the T. So, it's like, I don't know. But you can <laughs> recognize things. Like, you can look at stuff and be like, oh. This brings this have, memory. Have you ever uh, has has good memory ever been somewhat of a burden to you? Oh yeah, because then you can't forget bad things. Yeah, <laughs> or like you think about things you shouldn't think about too much. Mm. Or sometimes, oh dude, so sometimes you'll like remember very weird details about people. Like you'll remember that their favorite fruit, like that they only eat the green skittle. Right. And you say it offhandedly, and they're like, "How do you do that?" <laughs> Are you a creep? Like, what <laughs> yeah. the heck? And I'm like, no, I just remember. You said it one I, time, and now I remember it forever. I've been studying you from afar. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's it just happens. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I, uh, yeah, like my friend the other day. Uh, that's we were, a good question. We were on the phone, and I was like, "Your middle name's this, right?" And sh- like, it was just like, I, I was like, I don't know why I know this, but yeah. dude, D Bar is funny with that he so he like he does that he'll remember random things like he mm. had one of his earliest memories of me and i remember this i didn't remember it until he told me mm. it's so funny so we were walking to the front of the msc because there was a street preacher and i was like limping and he was just like dude why are you limping and i'm like dude i just suck at walking <laughs> because what i did was i was walking from one of the buildings, the engineering buildings on campus, and there's this this curb, this like abnormally, it's a pretty big curb, but not like crazy. And I literally just, I would just walk over it, and my foot, like normally your foot's like this, and I literally just like on the side, like mm-hmm. my foot is not, yeah, not normal. And I just <laughs> eat it, dude. And nobody asks if I'm okay, and I just get up and I start limping, and I'm like that for a week. Oh my gosh. And that's Debar's earliest memory of me. And I'm just like, how do you remember that, bro? Yeah, I I honestly the thing about my memory is I can probably go back and recall like most times whenever I've met someone or interacted with I them. I was thinking about that literally today. I was thinking about the earliest memories I have of cuz some people I don't remember ev- like the very mm-hmm. first time. Like Cole, I don't remember the first time I met Cole. Mm. 
but I remember I have early the earliest memories of him. We met for the first time at your house, right? Yes, you came over, and you knew D- David Barrera, right. and that was it. And we talked. I think we talked about eschatology. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, we talked till like two a.m. We did. Bailey, like I remember at first, I was like, God, dude, this guy talks a lot. And I was like, part of me, dude, I'll say this. I'll <laughs> repent of this. Do it. Part of me was like, oh, this guy talks too much. But he, it wasn't like a bad, like, you talk too much. It was just like, bro, I got stuff to do, you know? Like, <laughs> but now I'm just like, no, nah, this is good. Like, it just shows, like, this is what Bailey thinks about and, like, what's on his heart. Yeah. And it's like, this is, that's just good. Well, yeah. then he's in the right profession. I know, right? He's literally, like, we're literally talking about. Well, and as you get, <laughs> as you get to know me, you realize I actually don't talk that much. It's true. Like, he's <laughs> a very, I was literally thinking that, like, Bailey's a good listener. I was, because I asked this question, because that was one thing I've been thinking about a lot, is the the balance between talking and not talking. And it's such, like, a, I feel like it's a really important thing now as, like, a young person in ministry, because you, you're directly above certain people, like my small group yeah. and people I'm discipling. But then there are, there are people that I'm under authority, so they're like I. My role is really to listen to them and to learn as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. But then there are people who are equal. Yeah. My peers, and it's like, what is the balance between talking to peers? What is the balance between listening and speaking up to people in authority above me? And that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah, that's that. That is also something I've been thinking about a whole whole lot, and uh, really because. Like, I was in Antioch for so long, and then coming to this, I'm like, I really just want to submit to authority as much as possible. Because I, I know that's what we're commanded to do, and I know there's going to be so much value from it. And, like, if you think about Jesus' disciples, the the one who set himself in the seat of honor, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it talks about, like, not setting yourself in the seat of honor so that because the king might ask you to move you know, and then you'll be put to shame by moving, but sit yourself in low places so that someone yes. may, you know, and, and then there's an opportunity for someone to invite you up higher. Yeah. And uh, and so, like, I, I was talking to Amanda last night, and, and she was asking me, she's like, well, 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 you, like, I've heard, like, stories of, like, the things that you've done and, and things like that, and, like, and, uh, like, why the internship? like why go into missions like you know like you said like if you're an engineer like why do this and i think it's because i come to this realization that i have the capabilities but i don't have the will like i have the capabilities to start a million dollar business but i know that i won't love it i know that i my heart won't really be there Mm. and so if i'm being honest with myself I really won't be able to fall through, follow through with it fully. And if I'm being completely honest with myself, I, I found that that's not what I'm meant to do specifically. Maybe I'll start businesses here and there, but I know I'll be chasing this thing that the world tells me I'm good at and I'll never actually get it because that's not what I'm meant for. Yeah. You know, and I've felt in the calling to ministry and it's like, what makes someone that is really good at certain things choose to submit themselves and become lower than they are and i think it's heart desire i think it's 
what is what are you desiring for well i'm desiring to live out my purpose i'm desiring for my life to be worth it yes it all goes back to (laughs) dude it it makes me think of all the other stuff we talked about Mm. the beatitudes paul that's the beauty of the bible is everything so or just god is everything so connected well and that's why i've never really worried about like having like i have some rapid fire questions and stuff like that which i forgot about uh no way yeah i forgot that i had those um but i've never really worried like that I just know, like, when I meet someone, I'm like, I want them on. Like, when I meet someone and I know I want them on my podcast, it's because I know through the discernment of spirit that it's going to be a good conversation. It's like when two people with the Holy Spirit get together and they start talking about divine things. It's easy. God orchestrates it. That's good. I am not that way at all. Mm. I'm very awkward (laughs) and bad at talking. Mm. I was the kind of kid who would literally sit in the classroom and never say a word, but like have so much to say or like have all the answers or not all the answers, but like, yeah. you know, you want to know something? What? I Were you was the same way? also really quiet Me and awkward. Too. And I'm still quiet. Dude. I don't know if I was awkward. I was just like, I considered myself shy. I would I be, I was really awkward. Like I would think I would, I, what I do is I just play the situation in my head way too much uh. and overthink it. And I'm like, what should I say? Like, what question should I ask? And so what helped me is I literally would, I remember meeting students on campus and I would literally just write down like questions to ask them. I don't think that's a bad idea. Or I, I think would being think, prepared is a great idea. Like that's really what it is. It's just me learning. Like, I think what would help is me trying to be prepared. Yeah. Or like just a, like writing down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. I think, you know, we, we have our like giftings. And then we have this divine thing that occurs whenever we rely on the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I think the weird thing for me is that I've always had this, like, in tunement with God. Because I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at three years old. And so, like, I just understood things that no three-year-old— You were baptized at three? Mm-hmm. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. And and so, like, <laughs> so I understand. Like, I remember— like, and this may be a gifting, this may be just because my brain, but it, I think a lot of it has, to, like, it's all intertwined. I think we try to separate those things too much, yeah. but I think the divine encounter of the Holy Spirit changes your brain, it changes your body. Like, it, it can do I a lot so of things. I think so, too. And, uh, it's oh, like, why does so. someone's life change because, like, because of something spiritual? It's because it has r- actual ramifications on the, the, the physical, you know. Um, but I remember just being in the back of my parents' car at three years old hearing their conversation and knowing what they were talking about but i was quiet i was a listener and that goes back to what you're saying it's like like nobody likes the person that just talks all the time nobody does nobody does but they think that they do they really think that they're I but know. it's striving it's it's a striving you want you're you're insecure and so you want to get people to like you right and uh that's a, that's not every case like with you with us we were all like having this like really like these good conversations and y'all were asking me a lot of questions They're like who's yeah, this like, new guy like that's that's really the thing is whenever there's a new person in the room i always am like i always try to have the mindset that this is the most important important person in the room because mm. one they could potentially be lost and two i don't know them and i just need to make them feel like yeah the world because yeah. that's how i that's how i wanted to f- that's how i want to feel and 
yeah, that's we, how we were talking too. about eschatology. And, oh yeah, dude, that's and, a whole. And I think part of it was like, I wanted to see what you guys were all about. Oh yeah, you know, because it's what you were learning. <laughs> I remember yeah. at that time, and you were like, "What do they believe about eschatology?" Yeah, right. like the yeah, which is really cool to find. Like y'all had similar beliefs, and yes. like in that y'all had taken the time to, to like think about it. Yeah, which I was talking about my. I was talking to Sam Eisenhower the other day about that because the Catholic, I grew up Catholic and we like we believe in the rapture like I mean it's in the Bible or well we Catholics do yeah <laughs> but Catholics believe in the rapture and they would say this prayer like they're at the end part of it is that Jesus would come again in glory to judge the living and the dead but it's like but besides that they never talked about it mm. and we were talking about, I was like, is that like one of the problems with the Catholic church? And he was like, I think it's just a problem of the church in general. Like we're one of the, <laughs> we're kind of one of the anomalies, like a assemblies of God just, and other, I think other, denom- other people do too, but. I mean, it seems like Mountain Valley specifically is a very, I mean, God likes to create anomalies. Yes. <laughs> as we talked about contradictions, there's oh, so many rabbit holes we could talk about. Well, like there is a sp- like, I mean, think about co- think about the things that uh, Eli has been like instilling, contemplating yeah. though, like about this year mm-hmm. of ministry, all the different things. Like, I came into Kaiapa this year. Like, not saying I'm like a big, big wolf or anything, but like, it's just like I like I think you know we talk about humility, right? And it's being like, I believe that, and I think you know a lot of the stuff I learned in here is like setting down your own ambitions, yeah. but like. And don't think about yourself higher uh, yourself than you are. But I know if God's oh. leading me somewhere, there's for a purpose. And uh, and so what's so cool about it is, like, I then get to instill those, those like, thinkings and ideas into people. Like, people of our ministry get to watch this, and we get to, like, all learn and walk through these conversations together. I think it's fascinating and cool. And having a pastor that, like, really, like, amplifies that and embodies Mm. that and says hey like that's really cool and like personally cares about you and like other pastors like josh that invites you to dinner at their table and like i've never experienced anything like that in any other church it's so easy we're so blessed like to have eli and everyone on leadership like i'm so glad eli's our pastor and then i was thinking about that like i'm weird because all i've ever had was i grew up catholic and we had good priests, like people that were friendly, but I, I was a kid, like it's different. Right. And then the only pastor I've had besides that was Eli mm. and the people here. And it's like, I've been spoiled, dude. Right. <laughs> I've been spoiled because we're just blessed to have these people in leadership. That I, th- I think you were talking about the other, the other day, maybe it was you, where we were talking to like, I was like, so what's after the internship? What do you want to do? And you're oh, like, yeah. I would love just to stay at Mountain Valley. Like, yeah, that's one thing I was thinking about today was we, I just, I still have so much to learn. Yeah. Like, I've learned a lot over the years, but I still have so much to learn. And I know I, I'm learning here and I would love to stay here, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. But I'm open to whatever. The reason I brought any of that up is because the hand of God is on Mount Valley. It's on this congregation. Like, you don't raise 50 grand in a month for missionaries without god yeah that's crazy like a bunch of college students and you know yeah 
I don't you know. You don't get a hydraulic press for splitting I don't know how wood to, for free. I know. Without and God. You, you, even, you see the, like, the big things, and then there are even little things, too. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of things to share. I don't know. No, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say any of those. Okay, well, what, what are you thinking, Bailey? <laughs> I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Um, I was thinking about like something I I was sharing last night. I can't remember who, but I remember the first encounter I had with Mount Valley and Chi Alpha was David Barrera <laughs> inviting me to uh, Josh's small group. Which I don't even know why he was going to that small group. Because he was in it before, but it was like the summer, and he like he was like transitioning. Oh, that's why. Because yeah. it was the summer, and so we had no small groups. Yeah. So he was just hanging out with Josh. Yeah. Because I remember our other roommate, Caleb, he was going to that small group, too. And, like, this is, like, COVID, right, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and, it was uh, So, y'all started doing the little podcast thing for oh, Wednesdays. Oh, yes. And I had, dude, literally no context at all for anything, like, any, who anyone was or anything like that. And I, I came in there. I had, I thought we were just, I was excited to, like, be in community and talk and, like, because... I think at the time, all Antioch life groups were like, like no one was meeting because of COVID or something. And so I was like, I want to get together with people and I want to have conversations. Well, then we got together and we were all watching on a Josh's laptop this thing. So I was a little disappointed at first. And then we started watching. And I think we, we tuned it in a little too late. And so they were already in the middle of the conversation. And I so remember I have no context. And like within five seconds maybe, I don't know if it was like the spirit of God or what. I just, I ask everybody, I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I'm pointing to Eli. Pointing to Eli. <laughs> and I was like. Do you remember who was on the podcast? I need to talk to that guy. I need to walk. Uh, I think it, I don't remember. I, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. Dude, there were some good ones over the summer. I remember it was a good one. But I just remember like, all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to talk to that. Really? Yeah, or it was like I just want to. Like, you ever think Eli can be intimidating? Um, I I know like that. <laughs> I mean, of course, like in the sense of, like I have this friend. Uh, <laughs> I have this friend, um, and I mean, you want to value people's time, right? You want to, yeah, like yeah, especially yeah. you know in leadership, on honor your you know your elders and stuff like that. Uh, but I have this friend yes. named Arthur Johnson. We did a podcast together uh, a while back called Bible Breakfast. And uh, just a fun time period in my life. And he really brought me, like, into a deep understanding of God and faith. Like, And so uh, I remember meeting Arthur. And this was a time where I really wasn't, like, I was a Christian, just wasn't in the will of God. I was just living a sinful life. And I go show up to life group, which is basically what we call small group. Yeah. It's, but it's co-ed in, in, uh, in Antioch. That means there's guys and girls. Yeah. If you don't know what co-ed <laughs> means. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which, honestly, I don't really like as much. Because yeah. I don't think you can get as, like, raw and real. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you're distracted. Like right? that thing I said earlier, I don't know if I said that 
Now I'm like, oh, shoot, bro. Sucks. <laughs> it's okay. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even remember what you're talking about. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, about walking with the girl down yeah, the, that's down the, the whole thing. Hey, that's not a bad desire to have. No, it's not. Yeah. It's like so it's a healthy understanding of like the way God designed you, I guess. So the thing I remember is I, so I was living in sin at the time. And uh, Dang. I mean, big. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was there too. But I like wanted to like step into truth. And I remember going and meeting Arthur and he's like also like the friendliest person I've ever met. But looking into his eyes was completely terrifying because I'm like, this guy can see right through me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, he can see I, into my yeah. soul. Yeah. Eli just has, he just has walked with God for a fat minute. No, I I was like very excited to talk to Eli and become friends with him. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was even in my own will. Like, like similar to like in ending up at Mount Valley was not my decision. It was not, like, in any way, shape, or form. Like, this is the most submitted to the Lord I've ever been in my life. And I'm still trying to do that more. But I remember just looking at that podcast, and then I walked up to Eli at church, and I was just like, I think we're supposed to, like, you know, I think we're supposed to, like, talk and, like, be friends. And he's like, yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like this, like, I can totally see like exactly <laughs> well, the experience, like the, like, facial expressions and everything. Yeah. The experience is experience was kind of it felt to me, you know, who's to say if it was, but it felt to me like a divine encounter by God of like two people that think similarly because yeah. like Eli doesn't preach like like a normal preacher yeah would. he really doesn't it's w- it's rounded it's like sometimes sometimes like to a type a personality it's probably kind of hard to listen to what? sometimes okay, i've heard that a lot recently i don't know what that means what is a type a type a is like very like structured they like lists oh okay you know and then b is like all over the place like i don't know i don't know i just know type a is this i don't know oh okay anyway propaganda right propaganda <laughs> <laughs> but i just like there is something in my spirit that just like it, there's sometimes glows over certain people and like I just know I'm supposed to talk to them for some reason. Oh yeah. And it was like kinda like I looked Eli in the eyes and we're just like, we're on the same plane of existence. <laughs> you know, like that's so <laughs> trippy to say. <laughs> but I know but, what you, I know what you mean. But yeah, I'm just gonna be honest, like I just really wanted to like soak in whatever like that. Dude, you're that just hungry. Thing. Yeah. That's one thing I've noticed ever since I met you, is you're just like mm-hmm. It's just you're hungry, mm. and that's that's a good thing, dude. Okay, let me say this real quick. Yeah, one of the beatitudes he talks about in Borum in this, and it's one of the things I've been dwelling on is it's blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Mm. It's like as long as you stay hungry, you'll be fine. Mm. Say that again. Uh, the beatitude, the line. Yeah. Uh, Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I know, right? Okay, so continue with your story. No, that was it. That was it? Oh, yeah. dude. Okay, then I can <laughs> tell this story. Yes. Okay, I'll, I'm just going to share this whole article. Shout out to Matthew Cohn for we drove in the car on the way back from the wedding. this wedding. 
my friend's wedding and he we just talked about the lord and about stuff in our hearts and he he shared this with me and it literally made me buy this book mm. so thank you matthew because i've heard so much about it a lot of our friends are reading this book right now which is it's special when everyone's mm. like reading it and it's on their heart but he was sharing this story and it's all in borum so borum has this dream he like is reading the Bible and he has this dream. He falls asleep and he goes to the city called the city of blessedness. And he sees the city has eight gates and he's like, okay, that's weird. And he, he goes around and he notices like all the gates are different sizes and there's different flows of traffic in each of the gates. And he notices the first gate he comes to is the largest gate. There's tons and tons and tons of people flowing through this gate and he can't read like he knows there's a sign at the front, but he can't read it quite. And so he's like, okay, I'll go to the, to the next gate. And he sees that each gate represents the Beatitudes. Mm. Like one is for the blessed are those who who mourn for they'll be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek. Uh, and then he goes, he sees all of them. And he notices the martyr one is like the very few go through the door of the martyrs. And so he talks to, he talks to one of like the gatekeepers or the people at the gate. And he asks about the largest gate. And he's like, which one is that? And I can't remember what the guy says. But he ends up going to that gate again. And he reads the sign. And it's like, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Because it's like all the other Beatitudes, like they all relate, like we talked about earlier, to your being, to your character, who you are. Mm. But that's the one that relates to a desire. All the other ones are like, yeah all the other ones are like really a core like value that you live out that is part of what you believe and think and who you are in a being but blessed the ones that hunger and thirst for righteousness like that's a desire yeah because you can't embody that you can't embody it but it's but it's a there's an attitude with it yeah and but it's a it's an it's an attitude and a desire for a state of being yes because like righteousness isn't like things that you do or say or think, but yeah. it's a state of being. But it's a state of being, and you desire it, mm. and you long to be righteous, which is like it, you know, the whole idea that we can't be stagnant. Mm. Uh, we have to keep be, we have to keep moving forward, getting closer and closer to God. So does long like I guess longing and thirsting for righteousness assumes that you will walk towards that. And live like if you long for something, mm-hmm. you usually do things in order to get to towards get it. it. Yeah. <laughs> if you truly long something, yeah, I yes. So there is that aspect of like being Daniel doing. longs for. No, oh like my shit! <laughs> I knew I knew you were thinking about that. But yeah, we shouldn't talk about that. Yeah, I know. Okay, what? Can I, I ask? Think, I think we've been at it for almost three hours. Are you? F- what do you know? Uh, it oh. is two. Uh, it's it's been two hours and fifty minutes. Oh, yeah. is it? Oh shoot! I have a dinner. Right now. Like at <laughs> like a few minutes. Okay. I bet six. <laughs> so. So we can wrap it up then. Yeah. Uh, we let's uh let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I I feel like we've said so I fe- much. I but do not feel like we. S- <laughs> there's so much more. I could have said that's hey, the you, crazy. You did tell me you could be a little late. I could, but I don't want to. Like, yeah. dude, we'll so just have to have you on again, dude. Yeah, one day, one day. But we could talk about 
Whatever. <laughs> we we I mean we learned we could literally just come with no ammo and we have plenty. Right. That's crazy. I feel like we barely cracked any of these open too. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> we didn't even we barely cracked any. Like I told like So so uh, I guess this is a good way to end up. Uh if give people a rundown of like you know the most impactful books so they can have a good idea of what they should be looking for now that you've had i think everyone man that is so hard give Honestly, us give us give us three give us three that okay. we should really if you i think everyone should read a book by fw borum for sure like he just changes the way you see the world and like helps you dwell on the thoughts of God. And then Morgan has impacted me so much. Like he shaped the way I read the Bible. Like how, why would you not want to hang out with a person like that? Mm. If you're a Christian, you want to read the Bible better. So Morgan, anything by him, I would say the great physician. If I had to recommend like one book by Morgan, like a first one, it would definitely be that. Um, and the last one, I don't, I couldn't say one. Probably Youth of Flame. Probably Youth of Flame. Like, this book just has so much. And if you want a book that will show you other books to buy, like, this is a great one. I think, and then, y'all, that's one of the reasons I wanted to include that list. Because that list is perfect. Because it shows you, it gives you a good list of all these people that you can learn their names. And any book by any of those people on that list is gold, is literal gold. And you can learn so much. And each of those books, like, each of those people have heroes. And if you just read those books and you read the people they talk about, you'll have even more. Mm. And it just leads to this rabbit, you know, it leads to more and more and more and more. Mm. Discipleship at its best. Discipleship at its best. It's the it's the uh, it's the designed the designed strategy of the kingdom of God. Yes. Dude. Boom. We've done it. We're done. Dude, it's it definitely uh Surpassed expectations, I think. For real? I did yeah. not. Dude, that felt. That didn't feel like that long. Mm-mm. But now, looking back. Whoa. We've been on a journey. That's what's so cool about conversations and especially podcasts. Like I said, we were talking at a get together the other day. The second. Yes, the second uh, Lord of the Rings yes, party that we precisely. had. Precisely. And uh, we were talking about how. Like, although we're talking right now, there's so much going on, and that's not the center of what we're doing. Yeah. And with the audio that we get in the, the mics and the ears and stuff like that, uh, it's just a new experience. And it's, like, definitely a journey. It's, like, we're coming out being more shaped and refined. That's what I love about this. It's the conversation first, you know. Yes. That's what's important. And, you know, I think what's cool about this, I, I feel very satisfied from this and i feel me too uh you know like although like i think it's just like it's the spark right i yeah and it just shows how much how awesome eternity will be right because we can talk about forever things forever we probably have nine hour podcasts and it'll feel like nothing dude yeah (laughs) it's that's the beauty of it that's what i've learned dude well thank you for coming on thank you for watching if you've made it this far um, if you if you've made it this far, <laughs> God bless you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you've probably been blessed <laughs> if you made it this far. Hashtag be blessed. <laughs> but if you enjoyed this and you think, hey, I want to send this to my dad, go ahead and send it to your dad. If you think, oh, your grandma would like it, go ahead and send it to your grandma. 
Yep. If your girlfriend would like it, don't send it to her <laughs> because no, then she's she, gonna she, leave you for Daniel. Bro, <laughs> she better, she better, she better like it. Otherwise, you need to get a new girlfriend. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> send it. If you think someone wouldn't like it, send it to them exactly. too. Amen. Like, That's right. And help help us help us spread this. Like we are really just trying to equip you and equip everybody else. Um, that can never get a hold of this. So use it as a ministry tool. Use it however you want. And if you don't want to share it, that's okay too. Just listen and pray. Pray for us. Uh, pray for the Creative Curious ministry that we're building here. Um, we got a blog coming soon, creativecurious.com. Thank you, Daniel, for coming on. No Thank you, problem. Caleb, for uh, doing what you do. <laughs> Caleb, Dude, Caleb, magic. Caleb is the glue that that's holds right. this production together. Yes. We love you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. How about it? Does that sound good?